0: Joseph, I haven't seen you on camera in a while now. What's going on, man? You, ever, you had all week to get your stuff set up. You show up. It's 3 o'clock in the morning here for me, and you ain't got your camera set up. What's going on? Nothing's going on. You trying to hide something from us? I can't be asked. You, just, I think you're trying to hide because the last time we did this, when I was at Beach you couldn't do it with your camera, and now you can't do it with your camera. So I think you're hiding something from us. Think I got something secret there in your workshop that you don't want nobody to see. Hmm. Anyway, dude, it's time to record this podcast. It's early. I need I need coffee, and you got meetings to do today. So let's drop that intro.
1: Nitro is the glory.
0: yes 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 indeed nitro is the glory but e buggy pays the bills what's going on everybody welcome to episode number 134 of the no-name rc podcast i'm your host keenan white aka left the great and joining me and blessing us with his presence even though he isn't on camera because he can't be bothered to put his camera together or he's hiding something is jq what's up joseph how you doing man not bad yeah yeah i haven't spoken to you for a minute i we haven't even really talked much since i got back from the states we didn't even talk much while i was in the states to be honest uh i know you've been racing and stuff like that and i know you've been testing and going to the track a lot we're going to talk about that a little bit more uh when we get into we we'll catch up in a minute but before we get into all of that i want to shout out and say thank you to all the sponsors i'm sorry i want to shut up and say thank you to all of the NNRC squad around the world, because without you guys, we couldn't do none of this. Without you guys downloading and listening and tuning in like you guys did last night on the live. Thank you, Wally and Kevin, for joining us and everybody that did it. The hotline was back last night. Uh, we can't do it without you guys, so thank you for all the support. Keep sharing the podcast. If you haven't, go going to our YouTube channel. Go hit that sub button. Do the same thing for Joseph. He's at 10000 K, so he has to go do the Kyosho Masters next year and uh, with a Kyosho. But uh, yeah, hit that sub button for us and help us get to 1,500 uh, subs on uh, YouTube by the end of the month. That would be great. Shout out to all the patrons of the podcast. Thank you guys for the extra support. Uh, It goes a long way. It helps keep these bills paid. Uh, If you wish to support the podcast a little extra and want to get some extra perks, like for instance, the patrons got a uh, early screening of Driven 3 this weekend along with some competition winners from the House of RC. Become a patron. The, re- the link is in the written description of this podcast. Every little bit helps, and that helps support this podcast and keep it going. Also, I'd like to say shout-out to all of our awesome sponsors that keep this podcast going. Uh, they are Miyako which I'm going to talk a little bit more with Joseph here. Uh, it's coming to crunch time here. It's now July. It's almost August, so we want to know a little bit of information about Miyako. RC. can't do without Brent and those guys there helping us out here at the podcast. TNR Fuels. Fuels made by racers for racers, high-tech RCD, been in the game for a long time. They want to get back into racing, into e-buggies and racing. You should check out their uh, new Charger. Lugs Racing Tires, Sun City RC Raceway, Techno RC, Manscape.com. Papa Willy's Traction Tonic, Racecraft USA, House of RC, Wally Builds, RCGP, JQ Threads, And, yeah, JQ Racing, of course. Can't forget JQ Racing. Uh, Also, before I go on a little further, I just want to shout out and send our condolences to, obviously, the Welch family. Uh, As we know, Rex passed away a a few weeks ago. Uh, I saw a touching memorial on his YouTube channel put up by his family. Uh, He was a stalwart in the Minnesota RC community, so he will will be missed. And our condolences to his family. And also condolences to the James Little family in uh, the Carolinas. Uh, I met Mr. Little at my first big race way back in 2004 at in Charlotte at Lance North's track. And I remember just buying parts from him. And every time he went into his trailer, he would talk to us for about 10, 15 minutes. And I saw him a couple of years later at a race and even talked to him on Facebook now. And then uh, he was a stalwart for racing in the Carolinas. And he passed away here this week, too. So, condolences to Mr. Little and his family and uh, just if any of our RC family that are passing away or sick or anything like that, uh, uh, you know, our condolences and positive vibes sent out to you. All right, Josie. So what's up, dude? What's, what's going on? You did race her recently. And uh, I was worried about you because I was wondering if I was going to have to put you on suicide watch and hide all rope and sharp objects from you for about a week. Because you went racing at your nationals. You're super confident going into this. And then you came, you came second. You had a great result, but you didn't win. And you lost to Max, and he won. So the prophecy has come true now. The Padawan has beaten the master. And I just want to know how you took that. Or how was your race, actually? Because Max talked about his. So how was yours?
2: Uh, my race was okay. I started off a bit. Sort of off the pace, but I made a few setup changes and it ended up really good. I had a bad start in the main, I dropped back to seventh, but then I drove up to second and finished second. So uh,
0: which track overall, was overall I think it was good. Which track was this?
2: It's it's Salo. It's this kind of small, rough, mm. very inconsistent track. I haven't really been there. Probably this was the first race probably in five years that I've attended there. So.
0: How do you feel about like Max beating you and actually winning? Because he's beat you before, but this time to go well, on to win it. Well, this was the
2: first, time, first race he won, actually. So right. it's well, been a long time coming. So I, I think that uh, honestly, if he didn't eventually win, then it would look bad on me, to be honest, because <laughs> I'm the one that's, invested heavily in him in the sense that driving him all around europe supporting his racing uh, teaching him all kinds of stuff helping him so if he didn't at some point do well then it would look bad on me right so i guess that's a good thing that he finally put it all together
0: yeah and uh well congratulations to max and he did it uh he's what 21 now and um yeah, he finished up his video series, which you gave him some crap for. But it's actually pretty good and uh, pretty knowledgeable. So it's, it's both of you guys. I mean, both of you guys are doing some good work with your video. You haven't done a video in a while. Uh, what's up with that?
2: No, actually, I've done seven and a half hours. Yeah, of I know you years. have.
0: You done, like? Can we talk about that real quick, what you're doing, actually? Yeah, we can. All right, so tell everybody what you're doing.
2: Yeah, well, the book that I wrote was a success, let's put it that way. It sold, the first batch sold out, made a second batch, also translated into Spanish, French, Italian, and German. Uh, It turns out (laughs) I just got some emails that there are some uh, interesting uh, mistakes Mm -hmm. in uh, some of the translations with uh, some different languages popping up so that's interesting oh wow so it's like a spanish book yeah hopefully there aren't too many of those mistakes
0: oh it's never easy we'll we'll
2: find out we'll find out when yeah because i mean you send it off to someone to do the uh layout in italian say and you get it back and you check it everything looks fine and then somewhere there's like one paragraph in spanish (laughs) instead of italian it's like motherfuckers like how am I supposed to like when I check when I check the book and say okay everything's okay how am I supposed to know that on page 68 the third paragraph is Spanish instead of Italian
0: I don't like, know but it must right?
2: be I mean at the end of the day I guess it's my fault yes but there has to be something called like professionalism and Editing? and uh, pride in your own work right yeah I mean how let's put it this way Let's say your daughter has a birthday Mm -hmm. and you go to a cake shop and you say, hey, I'd like to order a birthday cake for my daughter. And uh, she's allergic to peanuts, so no nuts in the cake. Uh, I want strawberries, right? Okay, so they make you a cake and see, okay, try this. Make sure this one is okay and then we'll make the actual one for your daughter's birthday. So you try it, everything's fine. Check it, everything looks great. Then for the birthday cake, you get the cake, uh, and then your daughter has an allergic reaction. You're like, what the hell? What's up with this? Turns out in the middle of the cake, there was a strawberry, which had ground up nuts inside the strawberry. (laughs) Now, you could say, well, why didn't you check the cake carefully? Why didn't you check and make sure that there's no peanuts in the cake? Well, maybe because... The peanuts were inside a strawberry (laughs) in the middle of the cake. And I told you not to put peanuts in it. And you said that you didn't put peanuts in it. It's the same thing here. It's like, it's fucking obvious that if I order an Italian book, then everything's supposed to be in Italian in the book. And you aren't supposed to put a paragraph of Spanish in there, right? (laughs) I don't know. Like, fuck.
0: Oh, man. And the thing is that Spanish and Italian, uh, quick... Look, looks very similar. You know what I mean? When you just. Oh, yeah, yeah. You, You'd
2: have to like literally read the whole book.
0: <laughs> Which I haven't even written. Read, I'll be, I'm will i not going to. I haven't even. Well, written, I'm sure. I haven't even. Uh,
2: well, I mean, it's been a couple of weeks now that people have had these. So hopefully I'll get, a, you know, full report soon on all of them.
0: <laughs> oh, I know. But I, I, where did you come up with that cake analogy? That was actually pretty good. Well, I don't know. Yeah, that was pretty good. If you you came up with that the cost of your head, that was. I want to give you some props for that one. That was good. That was good.
2: But it makes sense, right? What I'm saying, yes, yes, it's my fault. But you can. There's, there has to be some level of professionalism. Like when when they send you something to check, like check this, make sure the book is okay. You check it. You're like, okay, all the pictures are there, captions are correct. You know, text looks fine. You aren't gonna read every single word, are you? You have like. One day to check it or something. You're going to read four books, really? <laughs> I don't know. I guess that's what you have to do.
0: In languages that you really? don't really speak. Well, I know you speak German and, and stuff like that, but. No, I don't really. Yeah, but you know what? You don't read them. Like, it's. Well, yeah. That's nuts.
2: <laughs> Clearly, that's what you have to do. Really, that's how it is. <laughs> you have to take time and really.
0: All right, well, let's talk read about the every course word. Then. Oh, yeah. Yeah.
2: Anyway, we went off a tangent. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, the book was a success. Then YouTube videos made a few like engine tuning videos and talking about setup. And it it was clear from the feedback that this is what people want. They want more technical videos that explain the why behind different setup changes. Mm -hmm. So then I thought, okay, well this, the best way to do this would be to make an online course because then I can spend the time to make proper videos on everything and instead of just putting them out for free on YouTube, make it it an online course so people pay to gain access and then I can get paid for my work Mm -hmm. and it will mean that I can then improve it over time and make it something really good, a really good resource for people. And that's what I've been working on now. So next month, Hopefully, I'll, uh, pre-orders will open, and then in September, it will be released.
0: So, these online courses are just pop- popular, period. Um, a lot of different industries are doing them. My buddy was involved with doing that. He actually is doing one. He's into diving, right? So, he's big into diving yeah. and lionfish culling and all that stuff. So, he's been talking about doing one of these online courses and stuff like that. So, for people who are like, what are you talking about? This is something that happens in a lot of industries, and a lot of different people are doing this. Uh, nowadays for very many things. So I actually thought this was a good idea when you first told me about it. It's it's supposed to be like from, like your first time seeing an RC car to almost like going to your first big race or something like that. I believe.
2: Yeah, there'll be like two two levels to it. So the first level is from when someone discovers RC racing. So a presentation of all the all the different classes and why, the pros and cons of each class, like mm-hmm. to to help people decide which class they should pick mm. and what they should race. And then from looking at uh, different levels of equipment, like if you're on a budget or you if you're on a really tight budget or a medium budget or money is no problem, like what should you buy?
3: Mm-hmm.
2: And uh, assembling your car, getting ready to go to the track, going to the track for the first time, going to your first race, basic maintenance, the first setup changes you, sh- you should consider. Uh, practicing, learning to drive better, improving your racing, racecraft, more setup changes you should do, all the way up to sort of mental approach to racing, race strategy, and racing for, you know, trying to win the world championship kind of thing. So throughout that whole thing, that's the basic course. And then the full course is that basic course, plus basically all the contents of Invisible Speed. Okay. The basic course doesn't go into detail of setup and how cars work and why you make changes. But then if you get the full course, then you get all of that too.
0: Okay. Sweet. It it sounds like a lot of work, dude.
2: Oh, yeah. But hopefully it will be worth it. Well,
0: you know what? I'm going to give you some some serious props here. Like your your YouTube videos. Like, you know, like you – one thing I'm going to give you, you have the – it must be your autism too, but you have the ability to focus on multiple things at once. Not fully focused, but when you do things like that, like your your engine tuning video and just the videos that you've been doing, like I can I imagine how much work went into just doing them. I'm sure it's gotten a lot easier and faster now. But man, um, I think this is going to be great. Can we say how much something like this is going to cost, or are you just going to wait till it comes out?
2: I haven't really decided yet, but it's a one time payment, and then you have access mm-hmm. uh, for life. Mm-hmm. So you pay once and you have access to all future updates and all that stuff also. So I think the basic course will be about the same as the book. Okay. And then the full course will be more expensive than that.
0: All right. all right. Well, Joseph, you and know then, what? Oh, sorry. Go ahead. You had yeah. To say? So another
2: thing that will, will be linked to that is that there's going to be a discord server for everyone who has purchased the full course mm-hmm. and they get access to that. And on there, there's uh, text chat, uh, live voice calls, video calls, mm-hmm. and just a place to discuss setup. And you can also you know, post your own videos and get personal feedback on your driving, on your setup, mm-hmm. recommendations, mm-hmm. what to mm-hmm. try. So even live, so you're at a race and you need some mm-hmm. help, mm-hmm. you can get help right there. So the idea is to build a community of people who enjoy trying to improve their driving and their setup
0: right i i've also like heard you've been kind of doing this kind of privately for some people around the world too um like i know like my buddy was telling me that you, you do you, you know you, like i know you kind of offer that in your patreon too but some personal uh tutoring while that race i know people like well how can you do that like but it, you be, I mean, obviously, being at the race is one of the best things you could be, but you can't be at every race. But virtually, you can do so many things as well nowadays, especially with Discord. Like, you know, it's such a great yeah. platform. I haven't really explored it. Rowan's on me about making one for the pod. Well, we actually have one for this podcast, but I'm like, Rowan, I'm doing YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. And double because I'm look, you know, I'm looking into doing. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm studying her to do another podcast outside of the industry, uh, into the action figure industry. But um, you know, I'm just absorbing so much information right here. Like I'm just kind of focus on a, f- a certain amount of platforms. Obviously, I'm gonna learn Discord anyway because I guess I'm gonna be in it for the Mayako eventually. I have a lot of people asking me about that. I'm just not in it right now. So yeah. I think that's actually a, a good jo- a good idea, Joseph. Like the whole like just seeing how Discord works and all that type of stuff, and I can understand why it's such a good platform.
2: Yeah. So the goal is to to make this something that's good for all different classes of racing. So mm-hmm. obviously it starts with a scale off road, but there are other people involved also for the other classes. And the idea is to then also on the Discord have not just me, but other drivers like world-class top drivers on there answering questions also. So it's Mm -hmm. a one-stop shop for everything current about setup. And it's personal help, but it's public to that group. So Mm -hmm. if anyone asks a question or anyone has a video that they want feedback on, all people on that server will see it and can learn from it. So that's the idea.
0: Sweet. That's awesome. That's awesome. Hey, Joseph, before we go on any further, we have to pay some bills. And as you guys know, this podcast is brought to you by Manscaped.com. Joseph, the sun's out and bums are out and hopefully your pubes are not out. Also, it's flip-flop season and you're out. we don't want you out there with those post-pandemic toenails. Don't worry, our friends at Manscaped have you covered. They just launched their fourth-generation performance package and their Shears 2.0 nail grooming kit. So join the Manspe- Manscaped movement by going to manscaped.com using the promo code, no name in all caps, to save 20% off your order. Now, what do you get with this performance package? You get the fourth generation uh, advanced lawnmower trimmer, which I have, which is uh, uses some great technology so you don't cut yourself while you're down there doing some heavy-duty manscaping. It comes with the weed whacker, which is good for your ears and nose hair. Two things I suffer from, too, as well. I haven't got the weed whacker yet. I got to ask him for it. I haven't tried it out yet. And it comes with the new 2.0 nail cli- uh, nail clipper grooming kit, which we all need. We can't be going out there with some crusty crusty toenails. So got to get in shape for summer. Manscaping, it's the new thing. You got to cut through the jungle to find your manhood. Go check them out at manscaped.com. Use the promo code no name in all caps, and you save 20% off your order and you shall get um free shipping and i believe soon this will be for europe too so i can probably get one sent to you joseph and you know you can get yourself all trimmed up and nice and ready you know summertime all 30 days of it there in finland so thank you to manscape.com show them some love by uh supporting them and getting yourself one of these performance packages also comes with some boxers and some ball deodorant and all that type of stuff it's really good stuff all right joseph um Quick question, because I get this quite a lot. Uh, Myako, what's going on? So I haven't talked to you much. Uh, I know the, the date is August. It's now July. So August isn't too far away. What's what's up? You've been testing. Give us a, a quick synopsis of, of what you've learned.
2: Yeah, so last few weeks, I've, unfortunately, I don't have a home track. So
0: mm-hmm.
2: always have to drive quite far to the like track. Like
0: four hours, right?
2: Yeah, I, yeah, in the beginning when I went to Barcelona, that was four hours each way. Now it's two hours each way to another track. So. Which
0: is probably like a 1,000 miles, no, probably like 300 miles in Finland because you don't have, probably don't have speed limits there. But anyway. Um,
2: so, yeah. So, but I've been now averaging, I think, twice a week at the track. Mm-hmm. And I think because I have to drive a bit further also, so I sort of focus on it. So I prepare before then I spend all day at the track and it's the more effective in a way.
3: Mm -hmm.
2: So yeah, it's one day, but I drive a lot and I get a lot done because I sort of make a plan before I go. Mm -hmm. So testing has actually been going really well. And I have to say that I'm really looking forward to the end of COVID and getting back to racing. Um,
0: yeah, the because you did hit me up, and you was like, "Oh, if if when COVID ends, I'm going here, and then I'm coming to visit you, and then we're going DNC." I'm like, Joseph, you are excited to get the DNC, aren't you? I I don't blame you, one bit.
2: Yeah, yeah, that's kind of where the yeah. racing season starts. Mm-hmm. So the car itself that I've been testing has been sort of well, obviously not the production version, but everything's the same. Like it's the the setup options that are on the car that will be released. Uh, next month Mm -hmm. that's what I've been running and testing and and figuring out some basic setups for different types of tracks and the goal is to make a really really easy and straightforward setup guide for people so that we have a basic setup if you want something then you can just check the guide and say okay I want my car to do this that's what I'm going to change Or, I'm going to a different kind of track what should I do? Okay I'll do these three things so that's that's really what I've been working on, to figure all of those things out and then documenting them. Mm-hmm. And then I've been sharing this process on the mm-hmm. Discord server for all the members also. So they've seen pictures and videos and and just discussions of all these different things. Mm-hmm. And the, car, the prototype car is in production now. So over the next weeks, parts are going to start rolling in. By the end of the month, most parts will be done. And I still don't think that it will ship during August. I think that the car will ship out in September. Mm
3: -hmm. Because
2: even when the parts are done, when I say done, they still need to be laser engraved and everything needs Mm -hmm. to be packed and the QC has to be done. So, yeah, even though the machine shop has done them and they arrive at the factory it still takes time
0: packaging as well
2: yeah so i think that you'll see people receive their cars in september
0: yeah i said you that will, last night public
2: too. publicly people will probably see it already in august okay like non non-members also
0: <laughs> it, it, what's funny right is i saw somebody comment uh he's like oh where's my echo did that disappear i'm like No, it's still her. I get it. Why people think like that, but look at infinity. Look, how long has infinity been bringing out, uh, an off-road car and nobody's really seen it yet. So, and that's way more budget. Uh, COVID
2: is a big problem because, um, because of COVID everything is, uh, more expensive and also harder to Mm -hmm. do. And some things are impossible. Like it's, shipping costs are really high, availability of material is low. <laughs> mm-hmm. So sometimes there are delays just because there's you can't get the right material for whatever you are doing mm-hmm. at the time. And this isn't just the RC industry. This is all industries. It's a global thing. So that's really been a lot harder. Also, the fact that I haven't been able to go over there, that's also difficult yeah. because everything has to be done on – video call and text chats. And that's so much harder than actually being somewhere. So imagine you are in the same room with people and you are looking at the parts and comparing and explaining versus uh, you do things on video call. Like you can't translate how something feels or fits together Mm -hmm. on video. But when you are in the room, you can because you have the parts you can show like, this is how something is supposed to work. This is how it's supposed to fit you can do that but now you you can't because we aren't in the same room so that's yeah yeah that's a frustration but yes everything is moving along and as for people not hearing about Mayako and knowing that's a conscious decision and choice already before because the whole point was pro- release the brand promote it sell memberships and then Focus on the members. So, right, that that was the idea from the right. get-go. I get go. Once that. the members get the car, then start uh, publicly promoting again.
0: Mm-hmm. I understand so. that. So, I guess I'll have my car in September. Woohoo! I actually, want to try and go to the Southern Nets in September, to be honest, if if possible. Um, sweet man. Um, good stuff. I haven't like people ask me all the time. I like I don't know anything about my argument. They ask me on the live stream. And while he was in there and he we got we got talking about it and we kinda came up with the same presumption that it would be like September. I just know how things work and how how slow it works when it's normal. So with COVID, I know it's definitely a big deal. All right, man. Um future racing plans for you. Anything looking positive like leaving Finland to go race somewhere this summer?
2: I hope that um I hope that Travel in Europe will be uh, possible in sort of late September, October. And if so, then I would drive to Southern Europe and hopefully race in Italy, France, Spain. You can travel,
0: though. It's just a pain in the ass, right?
2: Yeah, right now, uh, not all countries, but Mm -hmm. mostly you can travel.
0: Right. I think um that's what happened to the Viking. He's going to be joining us later on today. Uh, So we talk about the IBC race, by the way. That's our main interview, as well as Zach Donovan came on to talk about his new website and his charge leads and he done a giveaway. So I, I forgot to talk about that in the beginning. But uh, yeah, that's I think he got uh, We'll clarify it, but I think he missed his COVID shot or something like uh, it's so weird. Like how many shots you have? Not shots, tests or something like that. So uh, I wonder what, like, I don't know, like, I don't really want to talk about vaccines and all that type of stuff, but I wonder why it's taken so long to roll out all that stuff up in the, uh, in Finland and all that stuff, like the vaccines and all that there.
2: I guess they just haven't had enough.
0: Right, right. I guess they just dumped as many vaccines as they could on us and said, test them. So here you go. I don't know, but. um,
2: America got a lot of them, but Americans are, a lot of Americans are, anti-vaxxers
0: you know they even in my country bermuda even her people are not doing it but uh like just for me having that like being vaccinated i know it just made like i always had when i was traveling her recently because while i was traveling the dr made um made it mandatory for the uk passport orders or people coming from the uk to get a pcr test which is like 250 dollars in america I was like, damn, if I have to get one of these tests, like, you know what I mean? But I was va- also vaccinated and I wasn't coming from Britain, but it just is what it is, man. I just, I just think, like, I went and done the vaccine thing because I know eventually to travel, that's what you're going to need to get. And, yeah, it's all good. But it, it was good to see international or European racing back at the International Buggy Challenge. We're going to talk more about that when uh, later on in this podcast. But uh, we have to get through some some news and some questions, Joseph. So, uh, before we do that, though, I am excited. When you started talking about DNC, that's how our trips start. Like, even Mike Hill was talking about it. He goes, oh, so we're going DNC. I was like, yeah, it looks like we're going DNC. Like, our trips always start with you coming up with the idea. So, we're uh, DNC next year. Like, or oh, whatever, something like that. You see Joe has built a track, right? He's built a track. At, he's now going to have a full-time track at, that where, he, where he has the DNC. You saw that, right? No, yeah, he's doing he's built a, a track like the dart, it's called, and it's where I think it's where remember in 2019 where they had the because of rain, they had the um, you know, in the smaller part of the track, which was a little bit more square, ran a little bit more deeper than the um, yeah. radio side. So, yeah, it's gonna be a full time track. A hobby shop's gonna be there, it's gonna be run by Cody Thompson and CTRC, and yeah, so California has a, another track in a short and a small. In a <laughs> Well, I wouldn't say in a small distance, you know, going anywhere in California, it usually takes two hours to do something. So yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Good stuff. All right, Joseph, you know what? It's time for the RC news and the RC news is brought to you by Tech RCD. Tech is a leader in RC systems, delivering the highest performance and reliability supported by a dedicated customer service personnel. The HSBC 9381TH servers have efficient brushless motors, titanium gears, low consumption, Constant output and a metal case. The RDX2 Pro Charger can charge up to two four-cell packs in just 45 minutes. Also providing power for engine warmers, uh, engine heating, and tire warming. And I think you can. It has a Bluetooth tong- dongle that you connect your phone, and I believe you can charge your phone off it as well. So, trust in high tech, high tech, your servo and charger headquarters. Visit high, set, high tech RCD, where to buy to find your nearest retailer. Thank you, high tech, for your support of the podcast. They are, are a very uh, old company getting back into racing. I'm hoping to have one of their longtime workers who's been in the business for a long time on the podcast to talk about it. So, anyway, Joseph, just big news, her, big news, her. And I just wanted to give you a warning because I thought it was going to be a point where you and Restguard I think, we're like equally because he was starting to not do so well. And no, you haven't raced in a long time. But, you know, Sagar goes up to JBRL in NorCal and he wins E-Buggy and Truggy. And that's at JBRL. And that means you're in trouble, Joseph, because that's your specialty classes. We all know that you are a Truggy specialist, an E-Buggy specialist. And now your biggest nemesis just won JBRL up there. I think he's thrown on the gauntlet, slapped you in the face with his glove. He's challenged you yeah, to man. a duel. I think he. No went to one see went you. there. Excuse me.
2: No one went there. <laughs> and why isn't Drake doing JBRLs? Has he fallen out with Jimmy?
0: I don't know why he's not doing that. Um. Uh, I don't know. I don't know what's going on with that. Maybe because it was up in North California. Maybe he didn't feel like driving all the be- Oh no. no!
2: He didn't do the previous one either.
0: Okay, so maybe maybe he's boycotting the JBRLs. Who knows? Who knows? Who knows with Drake? Um Spencer Klein wins RC Pro at Shaw's. Congratulations, Spencer Klein. Tebow and Lutz went up to a US RC race in South Dakota. It's good to see that that series coming out of the out of the South Carolina, Virginia, East, Northeast area. And going up there. Uh, let's look at let's all right. Let's talk about the ENATs real quick, Joseph. So the ENATs are happening right now as we speak in of uh, Tampa, Florida at Lee Satsworth track, S and S hobbies, right? I think it has, I have in my notes, 36 entries, 60 plus drivers. When I checked yesterday, it had 41 entries, 41 participants. And um, let's see, we got, we got 43. So they had two, I don't know what happened between yesterday and today. Somebody must've showed up like or signed up. So now they have 43 drivers, 76 entries, I think this is the lowest turnout I've seen for E-Nats. They're always low. But, wow. Like, I know you don't like E-Buggy, but... Why are they this low, though? Well, here's a couple of... Okay, so I've watched the E-Nats for the last four years being three. I think it was Hobbyplex. They had a somewhat decent turnout, but it was still low. Then they went to... um, I think they went to Adrenaline next. I could be wrong. Or they went somewhere... But e just doesn't seem to draw in, it. and even though e-truggy is growing, like as much as you don't want to admit it, e-truggy is growing in t- like big. I think it comes down to is that the majority of e-buggy racers want to run that, want to be in a race where they can run sportsman or intermediate. You know what I mean? And I I think they just prefer that, so they go to these type of races and do and do this. But to to say all of that, the the if it's like we know how we always talk about we want just a professional, a professional. Um, did they do a qualifier already? No. Okay. They. We just want a professional. Like 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 RCGB. RCGB had the RCGP series and then you had the RC two series, right? If you look at the entry list for this, there it's actually pretty stacked. Like it's got almost all the. T- you got Tyler Jones, Mayfield, uh, Bornhorse, Rivkin, Aiden Horns, their Fens, there Testman, Cavalry Ogden. I'm surprised Ogden's there because he was supposed to go up to the Big Apple race where Drake is this weekend. You got, like, obviously you got Lee Setz, a Bronson. It's actually a pretty stacked Amy in her. So, like, if this was, like, how how we talk about it, this would be, like, the top 25 racers in America racing this if this was a few nationals. And then this could be, like, the nationals A. You know what I mean? And then the national B would be all the guys who aren't really professionals. Like, similar to what they do in the Euros, but... Man, it is. I feel for the um for the track. Even okay. Also, I think that's a mitigating factor too. The track is actually not very big. You know, it's um. Have you seen it before? Yeah, yeah. It's it's you know, if you guys haven't seen it, it's no disrespect to them. Um, it's ten just scale more track. Of, yeah, it's more of a ten scale track. You can run eight scale on it, but I just like then this this track isn't going to make any money off this race. Like no money. At all. They might. I, I figured out how much Raw pays tracks too. That's actually my thought of the day here. We're going to talk about that later. um But it's still a stacked race. We're going to have, you know, I'm going to be following this, but it's with this little bit of interest. Why still keep it at four days? Like this race could be done today. This race could be done tomorrow, right? And then everybody can go enjoy their time in Tampa. Don't, you know, don't drag it out. Like not with this little bit of interest. 28 D buggies, Joseph. They say, you know, I say E-Buggy pays the bills, but they ain't paying the bills for s s hobbies this weekend. What's your opinion? What do you think, besides don't be critical and just say, oh, E-Buggy sucks, what is your thoughts on this? Why do you think we're not, they're not, because the Euro e buggies got a pretty decent turnout, right? Yeah, uh,
2: I actually, I don't know. I was surprised. I, I've never... Looked at e yeah. buggy race uh, oh. entries, but even at the Nitro races, there's a decent amount of e buggies. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. <laughs> I was surprised.
0: I think we kind of have to probably. I know. I think the easiest thing for this, but see, then they got. Um, then they got. Uh, e Truggy and Shaw Course. They, they actually don't even have that many classes. Hold on. Let me see what they got here. They got.
2: What top guys are missing?
0: Okay. So T-Bow. you don't. Okay. Tibo is not there. Um. What lots is in there? Who else? We got Jones. Uh no Wiggins. No Seth. No Seth. No. Which is shocking because Seth is really good in, in Eba in ebag. But I think I no think Drake. Yeah, Drake's up in, in New York at the at Barnstormers race. Which cool, Cole was supposed to go there. Apparently there's been some drama there already at this nationals. Uh Hobby Wing and Reedy, their motors are not approved by Raw or something like that. So they haven't, or they, they were once approved and now they're not meeting approval or, or something. And I think they've just been let go. I don't know the full story. I wish I was there. I was trying to be there to get all this scoop and all that stuff. Maybe next, maybe, maybe I get to the 10 scale nationals to get in there and, and get all this stuff, but I don't know what's going on. I do feel bad for like just Lee Sats and all that stuff. Who do you think is going to win this? Tyler Jones took seed in, in race one, uh, seed in, seed in one. Hold on. I don't want to watch this live. Let's see. Mayfield. Let's see who uh, Tasman was top seed in the second one Rivkin, Bornhorst, Jones, Mayfield fifth huh. Mayfield had a not so good INS too Come to think of it this past weekend So, I don't know I'm picking Tyler Jones for the win But, be, I mean, who are you going to pick? You should pick Tasman I think Tasman could win this too He's been in America, practicing all this time. This is probably, you know, his last and race. And Rivkin Mayfield. I'll, I'll just say
2: Mayfield, yeah, because he'll, he'll end up winning somehow.
0: <laughs> I mean, how can you not bet against him, like, to be honest? So, good stuff. Well, good luck to everybody at the ENATs there. We need to figure out how to make this a little bit more popular. I think, like, even though I'm not, like, a person that says a race is determined uh, like you can't determine the quality of a race and the amount of entries right but we all know that this race is designed these races are designed to get higher entry counts and in fact the tracks the the the, the only way for these tracks to any make any money real money off this from raw is to have a certain amount of entries before they start making money but i'm going to discuss all of that here soon so i wish them all the best man i, I don't even think they changed the layout that's The layout's been in there for a while. I think they were doing a club race this past weekend or last week there, and it's the same. So I I think they, I know Lee said they were going to extend the track like 40 feet on each side, but I don't see that either. So I think they figured like, we're just not going to have, like I couldn't even imagine how much it would cost to do a track change. They probably would have lost whatever little money they got from Raw for doing that. So I don't blame them. We need to figure it out. man. I think we kind of need to put an X. This is my solution for this. Why not just knock the Nationals out in one week, right? Make the Nationals one week. One week starts Monday, right? And why some people say, well, it's so long. Well, then, you know, the nationals, is con- then the nationals should be for people who, who want to who take a week off and do it. Well, you should have qualifying regional races so you can get there, right? Do this, and then you can do, you can do all your classes in that race. You can, you can have guys that want to come just do e-buggy. They can come do e-buggy and e-truggy. Guys who want to do nitro, you can have guys be there for the whole week that want to do the whole race. But I think you just knock this out in one week and get it over and done with... And keep it at the same track that way people don't have to travel to a different place they can you know i think it's easier to put two more days three more days of vacation than it is to have a whole nother week because either way if you do either of these races you're gonna have to take a week almost off each time so i don't know what the answer to this is but right now for all the ebuggy purists who say that we're anti ebuggy ebuggy doesn't look like the future right now but i know it eventually will be so i'm not i'm not hating on it All right, um, we have another race this weekend, Joseph. The INS at Hobby Action. J Concepts race, real quick. Uh, Dustin Evans, one, two-wheel drive. Spencer Rifkin in second, home track. Cav, the Cav, the Goat in third. Cole Tallard. Cole Tallard is is the silent assassin. He's had a very good 2021. Fourth, Rage and Aiden Horn, fifth, and... Mayfield 7th, Dominic Pacconi, 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 I don't know who he is, but he came in 6th. Mayfield on in 7th. Mayfield's 10-scale results have not been up to par lately. Have you noticed that?
2: I haven't followed, to be honest.
0: Yeah, it's crazy. He has not really done well. I mean, he wasn't in B-main at that exact RC race race a few months ago. You know what I mean? At OCRC. Right, yeah. yeah. And another yeah. thing, what's cool, we have two sets of brothers in this, in this A-man. You got Aiden Horn and his brother Austin. Austin bumped from the B. And you got Brock and his brother Blake. That's pretty cool. Two sets of brothers. I just saw that.
2: So how is that? Which one is it? Brock or Blake that left associated Brock. and made
0: a stink? Brock. How, how did he do? He, he beat his brother. He came eighth. Okay. He, had a fi- he had a 5, 11, and 10th. Dustin Evans had an eighth ooh, A second and a first So he had to go He had to run on Which cross was this This is uh, two wheel drive
2: Okay What about four wheel
0: I'm getting there right now Let's see So four wheel drive We had the goat cavalry, Cool tallard and- Wow Colt tallard Had a great weekend Dustin Evans in third Aiden in fourth Mayfield fifth so Rifkin in sixth Blake beat Blake B- Brock didn't make the main In this one Hmm Interesting and yeah, he did it Tom Renekernick in ninth Blake And Austin Yeah, so interesting stuff Man, Mayfield's really been struggling in ten scale Or maybe it's just like I'm just doing my I think Mayfield just to the point with his ten scale I'm just riding this out to the end of my contract That's what it seems like to me I don't know Yeah Alright, uh, real quick before we move on Joseph Top 25, did you have a look at him this week?
2: Very briefly.
0: All right, let's have a quick look at that. I know like it it doesn't make a it doesn't really mean anything, but I like to look well, the at the problem
2: this. now is that there isn't really good racing in Europe. This was the first right. race that Portuguese won, right?
0: Yes, but it's still it's something so. to talk about. But let's see. We got Mayfield still on top, Jared Tebow in second, Rana Falcon fourth. He didn't move anywhere, he didn't go up or down, Angaro in third. He stayed there. they one Juan Carlos moved up. Barton was in six. Wow, I didn't realize it's in six. Well, wow, it's a lot of Europeans in the top ten here.
2: Yeah, just, it's kind of weird, but the um I think that the the problem with the list, one of the problems is when you don't race, mm-hmm. it's better for you.
0: Well, it hasn't worked in your favor.
2: Yeah, well, I think there's there are limits to everything. <laughs> but Like, do you remember after Cody King was already in rehab and quit and whatever, (laughs) he reappeared on the list. Do you remember that? Yes. So if you race and you do worse than your points, you go down on the list. So if you have good points and you don't race, you will actually improve on the list and do well. Yeah. You know, so there Mm -hmm. is that. So the Americans have been racing throughout and some of the good guys have had bad races, which is going to make their points worse. Whereas, Europeans who have had good points, they mm-hmm. haven't raced, and that benefits them. So, I mean, go and look, what which races are counted right now on the list?
0: Uh, I'm actually not on their website, so let's go. Let's see. Um, it. I don't think they have – oh, which ra- races are counted so far? Let's see if they say here. Uh, okay, view current races used – Let's see. Uh, what's going on? No, 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 no. Let me just take that out. Uh, my internet dropped. Hello. What's going on? Oh yeah, my internet dropped real quick. Sorry about that. Um, so, twenty twenty one, they have used uh, the International Buggy Challenge, Raw Nationals, Silver State, PMB, Dirt Nitro Challenge, and that was that's the one, two, three, four, five races for this year.
2: So all our American races, Besides. except one, yeah, yeah. So think about it. The only race that counts this year for Europeans is that Portuguese race.
0: So far, there might be another race where people get yeah, together. And what about last year? Well, there was no racing last year for that much. So no, yeah. But what what oh, counts last year? There previous? was. It started with the January Italian race. I don't even know which one that okay. was. Okay, I don't know. Montpellier yeah, warm up made this race too. And then the Montpellier GP. Yeah. And then we had DNC, PNB, Southern Nats, AMS. And previously before that, you had, um, in 2019, you had Faring RCGP, Euro Contest, European Championship, RCGP. Oh, I'm confused. This is all, there were no races. So
2: basically if people did, if Europeans did well at Montpellier and Montpellier warm up, and they went to that Italian race, Mm-hmm. Then they'll have great points, and now this Portuguese race mm-hmm. that's it. You go there, you'll be high up on the list.
0: Well, it's
2: the end but Americans have all those other races, mm-hmm. so they have some bad races in the mix there, and it's gonna make their points worse.
0: right, I get that I get that interesting stuff, interesting, interesting stuff. I don't know, Josie. I don't know, but at least we have something to talk about. That's what I look
2: at it as. Yeah, well, hopefully next year we can race more and it evens out.
0: I agree, man. I mean, I've said this before. I I was so happy to get back around the people and just talk and be around racing for that time I was at the Nationals. I missed it so much. So, so much. All right, Josie, I think that's it for RC News. Um, You know, here at the NNRC, we are all about the glory and that glory is Nitro. TNR Fuels is the hottest nitro fuel on the market, earned and operated by Chris Nelson and his family, made by racers for racers. TNR Fuels is currently available throughout the USA, so hit for inf- more information or to support the company or just purchase some fuel. I think they're in a lot of hobby shops too. Contact Chris Nelson at chris at tnrfuels.com or find them on House of RC or Facebook and just send them a message. He'll answer you. And uh, try some of the hottest new fuel on the market right now. And thank you, TNR Fuels, for sponsoring the podcast. Joseph, I think it's time to go on to the Beach RC uh, Bench Racing Q&A because uh, we got the Viking coming on shortly to talk about his race. So let's uh, ask, answer some questions that people asked us on Facebook and Instagram. All right? Okay beachrc.com
4: the racers one stop online hobby shop
0: choose from all the popular brands and variety in stock with super fast shipping and great customer service beachrc.com still has the local hobby shop feel with all the benefits of the internet beachrc.com is the exclusive distributor for
4: ultimate racing jq racing pro circuit racing tires nitro luxe fuels and assault rc performance products so fill up your cart and check
0: out at beachrc.com today. Thank you to BeachRC for supporting the podcast. Thank you to Brent. Thank you to Lucas. Lucas is working hard. Brent's working hard. Brick and mortar hobby shop. If you guys wish to support them and support the podcast, there's an affiliate link in this written description that you can use, and that helps us out a lot. All right, Joseph. um, We have some questions for you. Let me bring them up real quick. Well, just for us, period, but mostly for you. You know, you're the the genius here yeah the setup live so here we go we have a pm question from peter he wants to know on bench testing shock setup how to determine what level of pack and shocks is going to produce the desired result on the track he says for instance when a track when the track ready car is dropped and it just compresses with no rebound like a ball of dough versus the car squatting when squatting then rebounding a little which is better for what track and what condition? I've seen RTR cars come with double pack that seems to be handled really well, but in my off road cars, a little rebound is, is better sometimes. Second part of this question. Well, let's answer that part of the question. He's talking about pack and rebound. Well,
2: yeah, I mean, I guess when he says rebound, he means that after the, you drop the car and it compresses how it goes back to ride height. Yeah. I guess that's what... I I, I think it's really hard to determine on the bench what's going to work. I think you can tell if something is way off, if it's not good. But I don't know of a way to really tell if it will be good. Mm -hmm. So I don't think you can really tell that. On the bench, you can tell if it's sort of in the ballpark. So if, if you just lift your car up about 30 centimeters and drop it, and it just slaps the table, then that's not going to be enough pack.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Often you can notice that on 8-scale buggies, if, if, something, if one end is going to slap, it's the front. So if that's the case, if, if you just drop the car from 30 centimeters and the front hits the table, then it's most likely going to be too soft.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: What should happen is you should... Uh, be able to drop the car and it just absorbs the landing okay so the car doesn't hit that table you can see that it's like it moves slightly down and then comes back got gotcha. you yeah so just like a like a, it lands like a cat right you know?
0: yeah, yeah I get what you mean like nothing really touches it just, just like just boom.
2: settles it lands uh, and just settles quick right you know that's but you you can have a ton of different setups that feel very different on the track but on the bench they all do that same thing that's my point that you can't really tell you can mm-hmm. tell if it's way off or if it's in the ballpark
0: right so what about the rebound part of it because the second part of the question is if I, it's tricky he says second part of the question it is tricky for the front and back pack to be balanced if and when do we want front and rear rebound and pack to be symmetrical or different so i guess they're saying do you want some pack in the front shocks with rebound or do you want you know? Do you want them symmetrical? Do you want them you know asymmetrical or whatever? I always built my shocks dead. Like that was the general consensus. Like build yeah, your well, shocks as dead. If as he possible. means
2: rebound with that, like you, like you're building the shocks and you push the shaft in, and then does it rebound out or not? I found that most of the time, basically always, building the shocks dead will be the
0: best. One. Why? Why is that though?
2: Because I think that it makes the car less bouncy Mm -hmm. and nervous, and also that it makes the shock more consistent. Okay. Because if anything happens during a race, the shock will build pressure. So Mm. it heats up, it builds pressure a bit. So if you build it dead, maybe your shocks will have a bit of rebound when you actually run you can test this so you do a run and then immediately remove your shock and see if it has rebound
0: okay
2: and then you can see but so if you build the shock already with rebound then i think that the pressure buildup can sometimes be a problem then you have too much rebound Mm -hmm. when it gets hot Right, right. That makes sense. Yeah, and it makes sort of a noticeable difference, and you can have these inconsistent issues with Mm -hmm. your shocks. But when you build them really dead, then I don't really notice a change on the track. And as I said, it's also less nervous and bouncy feeling. So if that's what he means, then, yeah, I just build them dead. And if, if what he means is when you drop the car on the bench, does the front and the rear, do they go down together and then move back up to ride height together i think yes i think that is the best way to do it that should be the goal often an issue we have we have is that the front is a bit softer than the rear Mm. so i would try to find a setting where the chassis moves together
0: okay yeah i've never even thought about adjusting pack front and rear to be honest i just built my you know whatever like I guess I didn't think that deep, but that's a deep question. So good stuff. All right. Second question is from Everett. He wants to know, why can't raw or IFMAR test tank size if a syringe like we do for our fuel mileage as racers? Uh, did I tell you that, uh, real quick on this tangent, um, even though I'm not fully convinced that raw blew up these tanks, in episode number 77, actually Corey Jordan hit me to it. Miguel Matias talk like explain this whole scenario about basically what happened at the at the nationals last month he he described that 100 percent like in a podcast almost two years ago that i did yeah, i
2: know i t- i mentioned it uh, okay, i said yeah. that miguel mentioned this same thing i know but from th- like 20 years ago
0: i know the thing is that i can't like i told Corey. i was like, man i've interviewed so many people i forget what half of what i'm talking about but when i went back he, he i went back and listened to it i was like he's damn right he described everything so that's kind of changed my mind like raw needs we need to hold that's i'm getting that tangent because i went on that tangent last night but we need to hold raw's feet to the fire on this and 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 they need to be testing this to see if they can it can be worked uh for the syringe thing why do you think that's so time or just too much work or maybe not as accurate as the yeah
2: time and probably not as accurate uh, yeah, but they could, um, yeah. or they could just have a pump that they work it the other way, so they suck the fuel out.
0: Yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah we talked about that, sucking it out, yeah. So they need to test this now and see if it's been doing it. But it, it'd be something if they do these tests and find out, why. don't like, just think about the ramifications. Yeah, but
2: even a syringe would be better than yeah. what they do now. Yeah.
0: All right, so we have some Instagram questions. One from KB Wolf eighty three. Haven't heard from him in a while. He goes, "What's up, buddies? Been a while. What do you like better, tacos burritos? Tacos all day. Street tacos from Santa Barbara and that place that we went to. Yeah, that's I still tacos. I still haven't found tacos as good as those. We need to get back to California. Need to get back to California. And he goes, so last week we went racing at Rain Man's. Super awesome. That's in California. So I have a clue how to set up my Tekken ESC. What are some tips and pointers? And if you have time, transmitter setup as well. Well, unfortunately, I don't run 10 scale Tekken stuff. Um, Joseph doesn't either. He doesn't have run 10 scale in a while. Uh, transmitter. I used to run a little bit of curve. Joseph, do you still run like curve and all that stuff in your transmitter?
2: sometimes yeah. yeah some negative curve just to smooth out the initial response yeah
0: um as for your Tekin esc settings i would i would hit up my boy sean rusin he might be able to help you out a little bit more he works i know he's been with teakin for a long time and he's been helping them out with their drag stuff so check him out i'm sorry i'm just i'm just not well versed in Tekin controls and tenski and all that stuff i can't answer that man i apologize but thank you for the question Thank you for the question. Jacob Gonzalez RC. I was struggling a bit this weekend with grip coming out of corners. When I ran my normal amount of toe at anti-squat, the car felt fine everywhere except for the high-speed grip, high-speed, high-grip sweepers. The rear felt very nervous and kept wanting to grab and then let go. I dropped toe in the sweepers and it was perfect, but the exits, it was loose. I run a pretty low diff oil, rear diff oil, and I was thinking, should I keep the toe and go up in the diff oil? would that maybe achieve what I was hoping for? What do you think, Joseph?
2: Uh, what did he say that the surface was like? High, it beginning?
0: was um, high speed, high grip.
2: Yeah, so... If the grip is consistent, so it's not a case of where there's high grip and then there's dust offline or dust in some sections, then I would run less tow in. If it's a situation where, like he said, it's the car is loose exiting the corner. Mm-hmm. If that's because the track is loose, mm-hmm. then I would run three degrees. So when the traction level is consistent around the track, I run 1.5. When there's, there are differences in grip level, I run three. And then as for the cornering, um, I think that Most of the time, towing just affects your corner speed, not really not not so much if if the corner is high grip mm-hmm. and you can't corner smoothly around it. I don't think reducing towing will make you corner smoothly around it uh that's there's something else going on there's something else wrong, so maybe the camber angle needs to be adjusted or the anti-roll bar or the roll center setting, so I don't know. He would need to explain better what the problem with the car is, but basically, well, basically, he was if, saying
0: that he in the in the sweepers it was perfect, but on exits it was loose when he went on to the when he went to the last tow. and he wants to know if he was thinking about uh, going up in diff oil because he runs a very low diff rear diff oil. and he was wondering if that would help with um the exit, I think. Yeah,
2: well, a thicker defoil in the rear wouldn't help with the exit, but it would help in the sweeper.
0: Right. So he could keep he could then he could put on the other the the more toe, and then he could have a little bit more stability coming out of the corners. If that was the
2: case. Yes, but I would still need to know that what the problem was with the um car in the sweeper. Mm -hmm. Like initially, what's the problem?
0: Right, I get that. To
2: really be able to give an answer, I would need to know that. Mm-hmm. Like, why why was it better with the less toe? What didn't it do? Got you. But the main things in sweepers like that on high grip, that, then it's rear anti-roll bar, rear shock position, rear arm height, mm-hmm. rear roll center, rear camber, those things.
0: Okay. Yeah, try Most that Most of the time,
2: like, lower roll center, thinner, um, anti-roll bar, more laid-over shock will make the car softer, mm. roll more. Standing up the shock, hard anti-roll bar, raising roll center, raising rear arm will make it stiffer. And you have to find the right balance for a situation like that, especially if there are bumps. So, yeah, yeah, that's where it gets tricky.
0: Make up one change and see. Try the higher diff oil. Or try the geometry changes like Joseph said. You'll see. Make one change and check it out. Thanks for the question, Jacob. Hyperfox 2one I like this guy's nickname on Instagram. How do you man up and throttle in a turn? How do you man up and throttle in a turn and stop being a a, a bitch like myself and roll through them? I think you just got to get more confident in your, you got to get more confident in your throttle. You know what I mean? You got to learn, there's, I don't know how you drive, but if you listen, like I would, if you listen to like Tebow and like Dakota Fenn drive and the minute amounts of, input that they put into the throttle as they go around corners and all that stuff it's utterly amazing you know they're not you know they don't get onto throttle till they can like full throttle i think you gotta i think it's you know what i'm gonna say this is what you do because i'm an average racer too like when i first drew up my black edition i remember saying to joseph this thing doesn't turn this thing doesn't turn i can't get it to turn it's pushing and he's like yeah slow down turn and then accelerate mid corner you'll find it faster i think that's where I think a lot of people get on that. When I learned how to do that, with a Hub car, you kind of have to do that. Because I always race pillow ball. And if you learn how to do that good, you will be faster. I It's faster getting... It's faster for me to slow down, turn, and get on the throttle earlier in the corner and have the car pull out of the corner properly how you want it than it is to go in there hot slam brakes, drift around there, and try to get on the, you know, just baby the throttle around there. But it comes down to throttle control, man. I think... You got to learn that and um once you can do that you can you can get through those corners pretty fast picking your lines too wouldn't you agree joseph or am i completely wrong
2: no you're right Mm -hmm. i mean throttle control is key in racing we actually control our cars a lot just with the throttle Mm
0: -hmm. oh man you you like even even Mike Hillhart at this time, maybe he was at the Nationals. Is like, man, you got you, you heard you heard Chiba's throttle, you heard this throttle. Oh oh oh, we got a guest coming in. We got a guest coming in. All right, um, let's get through these questions real quick, and then um, we're gonna get into our our I- IBC recap. Hyperfox has another question, real quick, and this is about pucks. Why not use plastic blades on the diff cup to save pins like 10 scale onward and some 10 scale buggies? Um. I think that eight scale buggies will rip this plastic puck system apart, and I I think what with eight scale buggies is people just change the pins. Have you ever thought of that, like a puck system, like what MIP has for? Yeah, but
2: they don't even use it in ten scale modified. Right,
0: they use it in stock. Yeah. So, yeah, I don't know about that. I don't know about that hyper. But good question. I think I just think eight scale will rip them to pieces. To be honest. Yeah, it's um, not going to hold up. All right. Okay, we have a couple more questions from Facebook. Craig Dickerson, why is everybody out of stock on parts? Shipping, shipping, shipping. We kind of went over that. Uh, right now, it seems to be hard for people to get anything. And it's COVID. Yeah. Like like P- PlayStation fives, dude. I can't find a PlayStation five. I was looking for one for my son. Nowhere to be found when I was in America. So I don't think it's any and and prices of product prices of material have gone up so much too. Uh, yeah. Fred Costa, he wants to know, weight chassis, is it a band-aid? I guess he's talking about weighting chassis. Is it a band-aid for bad setup?
2: I think so, yes.
0: Okay. I could In agree. In
2: full-scale racing, they add weights uh, as a penalty. Mm. Let's put it that way.
0: Okay. Yeah, that's true, too. But weight can be good if you can distribute it properly, too.
2: Uh, well, yes, but... Not when your car isn't at the minimum weight or below it. Okay.
0: Okay. All right. And our final question from Benjamin James. What's up, buddy? How you doing? With Angaro's win in Nitro Buggy at the IBC, does this make him one of the favorites for the Worlds? Well, I think Angaro is a favorite any race he enters. I was surprised with his performance. I thought he was going to be a little bit rusty, but he pulled it off. Um, He's also still the current world champion, so... I think he's a favorite. Any race he goes to, we're talking about Ongaro, and he's 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 impressive, and he was impressive this past weekend at the IBC. So, yeah, um, I definitely think he's a favorite, and hopefully, we have a world her soon next year. Heard anything about that, Joseph? Have you heard? Are, are we going to Brazil or are we going to Redevan next year? Have you heard anything?
2: Not really, but I think we are going to. Red one oh, next okay
0: year. i hope so not not to say anything bad about brazil i i would love to go there too but i think this world's the next world needs to be somewhere where everybody wants to go and spain seems to be where everybody wants to go all right um what do you think about ungaro is he a favorite for you in the next worlds
2: yeah of course i actually thought that with very leaving and with him seemingly having a girlfriend or something going on there i don't know what <laughs> I, I had the feeling like, okay, this is now we're going to see if, right. how much he really wants to race.
0: and uh, he just came so up, yeah. You
2: know? But then, yeah, this race showed that, yeah, he clearly still has it. His, he can work on his stuff or his father can work on the stuff, so.
0: Mm-hmm. I agree. It's going to be okay. Sweet. Well, you know what, guys? Thank you all for the questions. Thank you, Joseph, for answering them. We enjoy answering your questions. Uh, keep them coming. Thank you to Beach RC for their support. Remember, use the affiliate link in the comments. I'm sorry, in the comments, in the written description to help us out and help Beach RC out. Show them some love, show us some love. And we'll be waiting for your questions next week, people. All right, Joseph, our guest has showed up to help us with the talk about the IBC race. I think we're just going to go straight into that now uh, for the Techno RC main interview.
2: Techno RC. Techno RC. Techno RC is a premium manufacturer specializing in 8th and 10th scale high-performance off-road RC buggies and trucks. Visit www.technorc.com
3: for a complete catalog of their products. Techno RC,
2: excellence in engineering. Hashtag Techno Takeover.
0: Thank you, Techno RC, for bringing us the main interview. We had a big race this past weekend, Joseph. Uh, the International Buggy Challenge held at Y'all Figueredo's Track in Barcelona. I think it's called Quinta. De... I forgot the name already. But beautiful track, beautiful facility. And this was supposed to host the RCGP race this year. Unfortunately, it didn't happen. But what was even more beautiful was seeing the Europeans racing again, man. I think European racing needed this, Joseph. I was so excited about this. I geeked right out on this, this past weekend. So um, it was good to see. They had, they had decent coverage. I think the guy from InfoRC did a good job, so I was able to follow it and share it. Uh, the Americans got into it as well. I mean, this you ought to imagine, this is the first time we've seen most of these European guys compete against each other. A little like Canass and Badier and all these guys since probably 2020 DNC, Joseph. I know
2: it's a long time. I know it's crazy, crazy.
0: Crazy. And then the last one that they all really got together was the 2019 and 2019 euros. So this was, this is almost like a mini euros. If you really want to look at it, it was really good to see. And and like I said, it made the top 25 rankings and whatnot. I enjoyed it. Uh, I know I, I picked this, our guest to win this and he didn't, I'm going to have to stop picking him because it seems like everybody that I pick, they don't win. So I'll stop picking, uh, this our guest, her, and pick his, his, his nemesis so they lose. But it was a good race. And um, joining us all the way from Sweden, just coming off this race, he just got back like a day and a half ago. And um, he's in the midst of building his new house. We'd like to welcome the 2016 and two-time European champion, the Viking, David Ranafalke from sweden of hp racing what's up viking How you? hold on it's
1: the freaking viking what's, what's up? up
0: how you doing
5: oh <laughs> good yeah i'm uh i finally back home after yeah i had some canceled flights and stuff that i had to deal with on the back and on the way back and uh, yeah it feels good to be back home after what was a good uh good race and a good weekend after all
0: yeah um you got uh, you. What happened with your flight? Was it due to COVID or something like that, or what happened? Um,
5: they said there was an issue with the plane, and it was like the last one in the in the evening, basically. So I guess they were they had to fix it overnight or something, and then we had to to fly again the, the next day.
0: So you stayed in Portugal an extra day, or where was you?
5: Yeah, they took uh, they had a bus there that took all the passengers to an hotel, and and uh, we all had to stay at the hotel and got free meals and stuff there. So I mean they kind of sorted it out yeah. for us. So, uh, but I mean, it was like, uh, yeah, I came home basically just a day later, like 24 hours.
0: Yeah. It, um, that happened to me here when I was coming back from America going to Miami. So I know all about that. Uh, what was funny, I was doing the early screening of driven the other day and your dad was in there and he's like, David just messaged me to come pick him up. And I told him I'm busy watching driven. So he was all excited. <laughs> Uh, hey, dude, No matter. I, don't, I know the Vikings didn't really come from Sweden. I know they're like more Norwegian and Denmark, but your nickname is stuck. The guys, hey, the Spanish guys at InfoRC during the race were calling you Vikingo. Oh, look at the Vikingo, Vikingo. And I said, oh, it's worked. It's, it's stuck. And um, I'm so proud of that. Uh, I'm so proud of that. All right. Um, I had a few questions about this. Uh, it was a good weekend for you. Not as good as I wanted it to be. I wanted you to, to win you was on the struggle bus a little bit in qualifying and buggy, but you kind of got it together. You won truck. Congratulations. You came second in, um, in e-buggy, we all, which is great, but we all know that the glory is Nitro, and you end up coming second in that to Angaro. Uh Tell us a little bit about your race, uh, and, you know, you did struggle. Like, I think you had two qualifiers that were out of the top 15. Uh, I was worried about you. So what happened there? <laughs>
5: Yeah, I wasn't really worried, uh, but uh, we definitely were uh, kind of far away with the setup when we arrived to the track. I mean, I had, I mean, I just saw pictures and stuff. I didn't know what kind of uh, grip we would get. Um, you know, I had some harder diffs, and diffs in my car when I got there than I would usually go to a new track with, but uh, it wasn't uh, enough at all. It was, I mean, in, in uh, I think the the, the kind of, the grip kind of faded. Mm-hmm. like as the race went on because it got greasy with the oil from the exhaust on the top of the surface. Uh, but yeah, when we got there the first couple of practice rounds, I mean, the grip was just insane. Oh yeah. It was crazy. Oh. So, um, and, and with all the, like, you know, the way the Miguelo built the track, yeah. Like you kind of carry and like all the time, like the car is going up and now, I mean, it's, it was very hard. You needed to have a great setup on the car to, to be able to, to go fast uh, and keep the flow through these, uh, Rolling, uh, I mean, the roll is on the back part of the right side of the track was definitely my struggle early on, and um, uh, yeah, we had to basically spend all practice uh, rounds and qualifying before we kind of got to a point where I felt comfortable and could put in some consistent runs. Uh, but yeah, basically, I only had, I mean, it was Q four of Nitro Buggy. I got second, just three tenths of the Q, and I think that's when I find found a some good things on the setup that made me and uh, made it possible for me to drive, uh, without mistake for five minutes, because before that I couldn't even put three laps together.
0: I was worried about you. Really? I was, I was like, Oh man, I picked him and he's not doing well. <laughs> I can't pick anybody. Um, real quick. So this was a, they treat this track with glue, correct? Like just regular white glue mixed with yeah, water.
5: Regular white glue mixed with water. Um, I, I tried to figure out like I asked you out yesterday cause I had some people asking right from Sweden. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it was like 100 liters, uh, water, you put 25 kilos of glue. So mm-hmm. that was like a one to five mix, mm-hmm. uh, kind of. So, and then I don't, they said they did it like three, four times. Uh, so yeah, there, um, I mean just the facility itself, it was amazing. Oh I, my gosh. It, but I mean the track was great. So.
0: It. Yeah. It had. Um. All right. So I just want to touch on the glue track, Joseph. You raced on the glue track. That we. That's where we met. Don her on the small glue track that we had her. So I've had some experience on this. Um. It's actually. It's like exactly what you said. When they first. When they first apply it, it's so high grip. Like it's super. Like too much. Like you know your your cars constant your, your grip rolling and and traction rolling and stuff like that, but as the nitro oil gets on it and the and the tires go get on it. And if, and like this race, this track, nothing really broke apart. So it didn't really look like it might have, but I didn't really see a fine dust. Did it have a a fine dust on the outside line or was it just? No, no, no. Right, right. (laughs) The the funny
5: thing is like, I made, I made the, uh, the uh, race in Denmark and the race in Portugal in the same air filter. I didn't change really airfield at one time during the two weekends of- already.
0: <laughs> right. So on the outside line,
5: so that's like no dust whatsoever.
0: Right. So on the outside line, it just wasn't, it was probably even more grip because like, as I know, as yeah. as you get the tires, as that line, that blue groove that actually forms, you lose grip and you, your car can rotate a little better. I know that sounds different, but you don't get that. Yeah. I know exactly how that works. And that's when that tracks at its best. I think like when it's like that, um, I know, yeah people have been doing this to tracks for a long time. I I think we mixed like one, and this is just like regular Elmer's glue, like, you know, like white glue that you use that some, like some kids used to eat back in, in school. I know I did. Um, (laughs) But um, that's all it is. And you mix it. I think we mixed it four to one, four gallons or maybe five and then put vinegar in it. I don't know why the vinegar was in there. And you just lay it out on the hill track, let it dry But what I liked about this track was uh, the red in the infields. They painted it red. And you know how, like, when you go to a track, that usually fades away eventually? Yeah, but they they put
5: glue on a whole piece of, you know, dirt. So, I mean, everything was glue, and then they painted the glue basically on the infield. So, I mean, it stayed. And every night, like, if there was, like, um, uh, yeah, if there's a car, you know, crashed, maybe the front tower would rip Mm -hmm. the the red, Apart a little bit, and there would be some dust uh, developing. I mean, they would be right out in the evening to fix that and paint it red for the next day. So,
0: oh, they Uh, work. I
5: mean, the the staff, yeah, it was crazy good uh, organization and everything.
0: So, this is this is y'all's track, right? He earns this, or is it run? uh, How does it work?
5: Yeah, the figure eight of the family owns it. So, his father is kind of the main guy, and and uh you know, what they put on, like with all the bleachers and everything, uh, it was, it was crazy. I mean, yeah, you had a lot of top guys. Um, but I mean, uh, the event would have been a lot bigger if it wasn't for COVID of mm-hmm. course, with more entries. Um, but just to see, I saw some pictures like from this facility track, uh, like two years ago and just to see what happened in the last two years with the new pit area oh, and everything. It's beautiful. I mean, and when I heard their, the the plans from Jose, like uh, Joao's father, um, yeah, you're, you it blows your mind what they have in mind to to make happen there. So it, it would be uh, really cool. I, I'm sure they will host a a big. I mean, what I heard there because Carlos came there on Saturday, Friday or Saturday, he was there, and I from what I heard, um, they were thinking about canceling Brazil putting the worlds in Redavan next year. And as Redavan was supposed to have the Euros, they put the Euros at this track.
0: Mm, that makes sense. So it gives this track the Euros yeah. next year, and then that would be great. Oh, man. Both both yeah. of those tracks I want to go to. Man, please, please let me get to Europe next year. Please, <laughs> please. All right, um, the bleachers. Uh, that was one of my... You know, I'm a big bleacher guy. And they had, like, big grand... Like, the facility is just beautiful, man. And I didn't even go there, but just the pictures... That I saw on the internet and whatnot, uh, it was top notch. And the only th- the only obstacle that I did not like on that hurl track was the that that jump after the straightaway. I like you know going to this people you have to slow down and just and then you double. I think you doubled single. I would have liked to have seen that be a big send it triple or something. That's the only thing I didn't like on that track. Yeah, anything. Um, so did Miguel change anything? In the track when he built it, because it's the same footprint. But did he change any features? Um,
5: I think they, they changed the left side of the track a little bit for this year. Um, but, yeah, more or less the track has been the same since he built it, I guess, two years ago now. Because they had yeah two races before this one.
0: How do you feel about that? Um, Because a lot of the American people that were watching it were like, well, oh, that's the same footprint and it's unfair and, and whatnot like that. And you've you've done extensive racing in America where they change the tracks frequently, especially when you go to, like, DNC, where it's a new track for everybody. How do you feel about that, um, the, the permanent track versus changing tracks, like changing layouts like they do in America?
5: I mean, I, I like, of course, it's always a good to, when you can have, an, I mean, a new track for the race when everyone just shows up and it's the first time for everyone to hit the track, basically. But... I mean, uh, I understand like for us in Europe, so we have a lot more like club mm-hmm. clubs running the, the tracks and stuff. And I, I understand it's more difficult, uh, to make this happen. Like as a club, than if you would be a privateer to own the, the, the facility. Um, so I think that's like one of the reasons why the tracks have been the same mainly here over in Europe for for years. And I mean, when I, when I came to this track, I knew from the start that, you know, last year Canas was there, Robert was there, Bruno was there. Um, I mean, I, I knew that it would take me a couple of practice rounds or whatever to to kind of get into the rhythm mm-hmm. and be able to go as fast as they could because like when we got there in the first practice round, I mean, you could see what drivers had been there before and, and what drivers hadn't.
0: Mm-hmm.
5: Uh, I mean, Canas was crazy fast. Out oh, of he the was gate.
0: super fast. And
5: um, everyone seemed to just like playing catch up to him in the practice and, uh, uh Robert, uh, uh, yeah, he came pretty close. I think he was overnight TQ after the first day. Right. Yep. Um, and, uh, I mean, in the end of the day, you see like on and me, we were the only, I mean, not the only two, but I mean, we were two drivers who hadn't been there before and we finished first and second. Yeah. So I think in the end of the day, like, yeah, it's, uh, you won't be there in the, in the start of the race maybe, but I think, it doesn't really matter. In the end, everyone—I mean, the good drivers are going to be at the top.
0: The cream rises to so, the top. The cream rises to the top.
5: Of uh, course, you—you you have a, I mean, yeah. I mean, y- of course, you—you you have some, uh, some advantage having been to the track and knowing what setup, what tires uh, to to go out on early on. But I mean, it's not like you're. Uh, I mean, it's pretty easy to see what the others are doing, and, and you can kind of okay, they are using that tire. I will go for that tire, and whatever. And, uh, then, uh, I mean, me and Adrian, we worked really hard. He was also racing plus 40, so mm. he was testing stuff. I was testing stuff. Uh, I think I haven't wrenched as much as I had did last weekend, uh, ever. Cause I was doing three classes and he was wrenching. I didn't have any mechanics. So I was doing three cars. So Cole was like, no, you know how it feels like, yeah. I know how it feels. I'm always alone, you know, now you can feel it. And, uh, uh, yeah, it was, it was, uh, I didn't touch the truggy the whole <laughs> the whole event um and uh, i mainly worked on the nitro and the buggy a little bit but yeah it, it was also good that, that he was uh, running the plus 40 and he tried all crazy stuff that he came to think about and uh, in the end you know we we always uh, seem to have a i mean we work at, good as a team and, and mm-hmm. we always find what what is needed to go fast in the end and i think i think we we didn't have the like 100% perfect setup car, whatever, in the main. And I still, I mean, I think to finish second, it's not a bad, bad result.
0: Man, uh, you're okay. I, I have a couple of questions before we go into your semi and your final. Any ring rust? Uh, you haven't really raced, like, big, I would consider this a big race. You haven't really raced a big race since DNC. You'd, okay, you'd have been to Denmark the week before. The Killiches actually put a challenge to you in, in Denmark, I, and I was yeah. hoping you guys have a rematch at um, in Portugal. Uh, but did you feel any rust whatsoever? Maybe not with your skills, but just maybe not racing against such high competition for such a long time?
5: Um, I think it was mainly, I mean, Denmark, Denmark, Maine there, mm-hmm. I, it was probably one of my worst tribes in a long time. So yeah. I think it was a good, you know, good, uh, practice, let's say, uh, or whatever you call it, uh, to warm up to, to this race here in Portugal, because I knew obviously the competition was going to be a lot tougher there, even though I had the the Burak and the back there in Denmark to, to fight against, which was good. And otherwise they wouldn't have pushed me as, Mm -hmm. as much as I needed. Uh, And um, I think it was mainly when I came to Portugal, I think the rust was just running on that kind of grip. Mm -hmm. I haven't done that in a long time. I mean, all the tracks here in Sweden, they're old, old school, uh, you know, lower grip and, and uh, whatever. So, all the practice I've done this year has been on normal dirt. Um, and that, and it was the first time I came to something, having that much grip for AC and Nitro since I don't know when, maybe, maybe like 2018 euros in Portugal, Mm -hmm. basically. So, so I I think it was all, I mean that together with not having the right setup was, was definitely hurting me in the start of the race. Uh, But once I got the car to do what I wanted, you know, then I could start driving good and, and uh, actually, like from I think A one of e buggy, that's kind of when when everything I, I felt really comfortable in that one, and I think it was an amazing race. I mean, it was clean, and, and we were like four guys just the same speed. Yeah, it was a good race, minutes and didn't do any big mistakes or whatever. Yeah, so I think that one was really nice, and, and and you know, like Adrian always tells me, like if if I think you drive shit, I tell you you drive shit. But mm-hmm. this one he said, you drove really well. And yeah. then also like in the semi and the final of the nitro, he said, like, it's, it's one of the better drives I've seen for a long time. So, you know, it, it yeah, it, it was good that I had a race in Denmark definitely, uh, the week before to kind of shake off some rust. But, uh, we also, I mean, I also had a lot of track time in, uh, in Portugal running three classes, I think, cause we had like six, six practice rounds mm-hmm. per class uh um, wow. before the qualifying started so it means i was on the track 18 times
0: wow and it's not the there weren't a lot of qualifying. entries so you didn't have much dawn time in between to get stuff ready uh, no i
5: mean there were i think there were 13 heats or something like yeah. that. no not even maybe 12 heats and i was doing three classes and then i had to marshal three heats so that's basically six six heats that i was busy mm-hmm. so you know, and luckily we had a guy uh, there helping us uh, and, and also some other HP drivers that kind of helped me out with marshalling and stuff. So, I mean, without that, it wouldn't have been possible to to work as much as I was able to do in the end on the, on the Nitro car.
0: Awesome. I'm, okay. hey, before
2: we go on, can I ask something? Sure. Yeah, because this track was so unique with the high grip yeah. and it's still off-road. So you have off-camber and you have jumps but you didn't have any bumps. So what were the best changes you made? You you go there and probably your car was very soft and it was impossible to drive fast. You would flip mm-hmm. over. You couldn't be precise. That's what I'm guessing. So what were the best changes you made to get to yeah. find the speed?
5: Um, I would say we came there with like the shop package made a huge difference. When I changed that, it, it was big. Uh, so we came with our, my standard setup, which is five by one fives, both front and rear. Uh, and, uh, I don't know what point at the race we changed. I think it was maybe if it was, I think it was in the qualifying, to be honest, or so maybe it was like end of practice, some 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 time around there. We changed to a six hole setup with three one point three in front and one point four in the in the back, and that can definitely help the car you just you settle down and remove some pack and and kind of edginess of the car with that setup. Um, so that was big. Um, I would say uh, moving the, I mean, making the wheelbase longer in the back was definitely big as well. So I moved the rear arm towards the back two mil and, and also, uh, move the hub back one mil. (laughs) So that together with, I put the, when I did that at the same time, I also put that plus five standoffs on the rear shocks. And I think all that together was a big, big change. Um, we kind of kept them the same from the start. I mean, I, I, came with, uh, I think it was 10, 15 and five when I started. And obviously it was way too soft we felt that in the first practice. So then I went to 20 in the front 15 and, uh, six or seven in the back. We ended up running seven in the end. Um, and that was also, I mean, they helped having the, the front dip a little higher. Um, what was funny about that was like when, after the race, uh, uh Robert and Canas they were doing some testing, um, once, uh, while I was packing my stuff up and, and I was speaking to Ricardo Monteiro. And he asked me some stuff like he asked me what diffor and stuff I was running and I said I was running twenty, fifteen and seven. He's like, Oh, that's probably like the lightest I've heard anyone run this weekend. So then he told me like Robert was out there trying fifty thousand in the center at the time after the race. <laughs> so I don't know what they ran in the race, but uh yeah, he was trying fifty fifty thousand in the center this after the race was done. I, I think somebody, um, did 50, But no. yeah, I mean back to your question. Yeah. Also Bruno, I know Bruno was pretty high because every time he came down the straightaway, he was like doing wheelie. Down oh, was up. he? What? So he Ebuggy was was a fryer. center diff. Um, yeah. Yeah. E-buggy and also Nitro. He was yeah. doing like a wheelie sometime down, <laughs> down the hill there. That was so impressive. It had to be a high diff, a center diff. But yeah, back, back to your question, this shock package and, and moving the, the wheelbase back in the, in the rear end. Um, I think that was the first. I mean, that was the first time I could start being more comfortable on the track with the car.
2: What about uh, ride height and down travel anti-roll bars? Were they pretty standard, or did you change them too?
5: Yeah, they were pretty standard. We went up in the roll bars so on my normal setup on a normal track uh it would be like two two in the front two six in the back and i think we ended up running two five and two seven so yeah it, it's a little thicker the the roll bar uh springs we went up one step so usually i'm yellow and and blue i went gold and yellow um and then um
2: what else did you say uh ride height down travel
5: yeah, right height was a bit lower, so I ran like 23, 24, mm-hmm. 23 front. And usually I'm running like 24, 26. Um, and then down travel, we limited it. I, mean, I think I ran like two or three mil less than what I normally do. So oh, maybe in the front, because um, usually I'm plus one in the front, minus three in the back, and I think I ended up three over, plus three in the front and minus two in the back.
2: So, yeah, just slightly less to a uh, yeah, is that in, referred to the bottom of the chassis? Yeah. Yeah.
0: Okay. How about camber? Did you go Central to an extreme day. camber changes? I know we used to go no. to. Yeah. Interesting. No, Ta- I'm,
5: I was running like one one in the front and two in the back.
0: All right. Well, here's the big question. Tires. What was the go-to tires for this race? What were guys fast on? Um,
5: so, like, before the race, I was talking to, like, Nicole, I already sent a bunch of tires there. So we kind of you know, I just started running hot race when I got there. Uh, Nicola was there to, to on hand with the support. So, you know, he, he wanted me to try some stuff and, and we, we ran the Amazonia, um, in medium compound starting out with, and also tried the Bangkok, uh, V2 and medium. And, uh, they both felt good. I think Amazonia had more drive forward drive, but they, they were like more grippy on the side. So I didn't really like them. And, and I think all the, all, all the drivers using hot race ended up running the, the Bangkok uh, in the end. And actually as the track got greasier on top, I, I went back to a soft compound, mm. but the funny thing with the track was that, you know, it had like, even when it was huge, like crazy high bite in the, in the start and, and the, the dirt was really Sandy. So it felt like sandpaper on the top mm. really. And there was like no tire wear whatsoever. And it was a lot of chassis wear. I heard, that. like, I put a new chassis on after qualifying and, and after semi and main. It was like I could see the pills in the D-block almost. No way. Yeah. So oh. no, it was no tire wear, but a lot of chassis
0: wear. I did hear that. I did hear that. Wow, to change that! Yeah. Wow, Joseph, that's loud. What are you doing? Um, that's crazy. Chassis wearing out before tires. Uh, what did you end up going out? That, that's what you use the Amazonia on. On um, no,
5: I. I Bangkok, Bangkok oh, V two was my uh, All right. tire. Yes, yeah, so I went soft compound in the in the natural finals and stuff.
0: All right, Joseph, do you have any more setup questions for for Viking, or did that satisfy your your setup fetish?
2: I guess I'm satisfied. It's just that sometimes I think uh, people sort mm-hmm. of go overboard with setup when the track is extreme, and what tends to happen is even like this track, the grip sort of went down a bit and. I think that, I'm curious to know what Ongaro ran, but I wouldn't be surprised if his setup was relatively close to what he normally runs, too. Like, just the basic changes, you know, ride height, down travel, anti-roll bar, spring diff. That's really the main changes. And then you move the hub a bit, and, you know, like nothing extreme. Sometimes you see people go crazy with the setup and just change everything completely, and I just don't think that's the way. Do you, do you on a track like that? Do you also think about your driving and maybe drive a bit differently? Or yeah, your, I think you, have, you have to like? be like even more smooth and
5: precise. I think uh, I think David's car uh, it was probably a little bit easier in the final. Um, I mean, my car was was really good, but I, I felt like I was really like when he I had the mistake. I don't know what what point of the final it was, but when he got by me, that's when I had the mistake in the kind of center, her chicane off camber stuff. I tried to get it back in front because I saved it. I saved it. I went on the wheels, but he was already there on the inside. So I couldn't close the door, but that's when he got by. And, and I felt like at that point, like I had, I had a really good feeling in the start. I was almost pulling away a little bit like right away, basically. And then I, yeah, after, afterwards I probably should have gone medium tire. Cause cause the track was a little different from, from, uh, in the day, uh, because this was kind of in the afternoon. So it cooled down and the, gra- the track got a little bit more grippy again. So, uh, at this point, like it was probably midway through the final. And, and that's when I felt like the car became a little soft and, uh, I felt like I was driving really good. I was doing like really nice lines and, and everything was, I mean, under control, but I felt like I couldn't have done much better. And he was like, you know, we were really close, but I felt like he had like the edge on me. Um, So I just tried to stay in there and, and um, it was unfortunate. They were like, like second to last pit stop or whatever. I had a lapper crash into the pit when I was coming into pit. So I had to avoid him, ended up on the roof the marshal put me back onto the straight. So I had to jump the pipes over to get back into pit. Mm-hmm. And that's when I lost like that five, six, seven seconds, whatever I did uh, lose. Uh, and he got, you know, enough gap to kind of cruise in the end. But I, I feel like I was driving really nice and tight, tight lines. Uh, but he kind of got away with driving a little bit harder and wider lines probably. So, um, yeah, as I said, we didn't have like a, we felt like afterwards that we didn't have the, hundred percent perfect car, but I mean, it, it was not bad finishing second, only seven seconds behind uh, David, who had been, you know, they've been racing in Italy for a long time already this year mm-hmm. to, against each other. So, I mean, this was my big, first big race since DNC, like you said before. And, uh, uh I would be happy with this wrestle, but yeah, definitely. Yeah. You have to drive a little smoother, more careful. Uh, you can't be as aggressive on the steering wheel, I would say. And, um, the only, Difficult thing with the track like this with the amount of grip and with it not developing any bumps whatsoever It's kind of one line around mm. the track So it's really hard to pass um, You need to Yeah, you need to you know, force the guy in front to make like a small bubble to be able to stick your car into the inside of The next corner or whatever. Uh, it was just, you know, a one line uh, you could see it in eBuggy first main as well. I mean, the only time they really passed was they like when they maybe set someone up really good. Like I know Bruno did on the straight something one time, um, but uh, it was really difficult to pass on this track because um, everyone was kind of careful. Uh, and also, the the inside was like the the pipes. There was like usually we have curbs in Europe. They do pipes in USA, so I mean we are used to it, but it also means that you can, you know, you have to be very careful not getting stuck on those pipes. And, uh, that's why you kind of, you're not, you don't want to risk hitting that pipe. You kind of can't risk to try to pass on the inside or whatever. So it's very one line, you know, I prefer it when you kind of have some bumps or whatever, um, but I mean, it's a beautiful track and really fun to drive on when you when you have the car working really good.
2: Yeah, I saw that's you... something I noticed also with uh, one how one line it is. So it's really bad, yeah. especially for qualifying. So if yeah. if you are in a heat where you have traffic and the traffic doesn't let you go, you're going to lose a lot of time. I mean, yep. and it's not just the tracks off; it's also how the layout is, the way the chicane is very one line. You have to be on the inside everywhere. There's off camber corners. I think combining a layout like that and high grip like that isn't really the best. If, if you have a, if you want to make a surface like that, I think you have to plan the layout a bit better for racing. So you make it so that the inside line is the slower line in a sense, you know, so that like in supercross, if you go wide, someone can pass you on the inside. So you go tight, but if you go tight, it's slower. So the other guy can catch you, yeah. You know? So that will make. Yeah, basically, I mean, racing. definitely, like on the on the right side of the track. I mean,
5: you could see everyone was just you know inside, 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 everywhere. You couldn't, you know, you couldn't do anything else. Yeah, it was just one line, and uh, um, I, I think having that much like uh, jumps and stuff, you, you need the track to be smooth. To I mean, it's not fun having a track like that when mm-hmm. you can't really jump the jumps. Um, So of course they they had to treat it. And also it it was a very sandy surface, they said, so that, I mean, they had to do it, otherwise it would like completely blow out and they didn't want that. Um, so yeah, like Joseph said, maybe the layout would have been to uh, need to be a little different to be able to allow some more passes and stuff. Um, because yeah, it was definitely difficult to pass if, if the guy in front didn't make a mistake or whatever.
0: I saw you hit one of those golf car, those um, go kart tires through that chicane when you when in your main, and I thought it was over for you. Yeah. you hit it so hard, I was like, "Oh damn, he didn't break." Um, yeah, and that would re- like that just that chicane, that off camber chicane was just it, like you guys are going there so fast. Like if you would have yeah. just been a few inches off, you'd have just went right down, right down to the bottom of that off camber yeah. section. And I think from what I watched uh, when you was racing. I believe the, the, the V-Day was faster on the right-hand side of the track. Yeah. And you was just way faster than him from the middle. I would say from the middle part to the to that right side again. You was just making up your time. And I thought you had been in Berserker mode. I was ready to celebrate. And then, um, you know, I talked to you afterwards and you said it just got soft. But still a great result. I know you want to win. All you guys want to win. But there can only be one guy. But I love it because I think we see a, a great rivalry brewing between you and him. And, um, yeah, even even I was shocked with his performance because I thought he'd be, you know, like Joseph said, we heard, no very. He's not got very in his corner no more. And, you know, we heard that he had a girlfriend, and you know how we think about when, when guys get girlfriends, how their careers go downhill. Um, I don't know what Joseph's excuse is, but um, he just came out. I don't think he was the ever-dominating Angaro that we're probably used to. I think he... He he played it safe, he rated he probably rated to you, got you made him like you said, ma- rated to you, made your mistakes and took took advantage of it. And once you give Ongaro something like that, it's hard to get it back, you know? And he's just one of those guys you can't let that happen to. <clears throat> uh but I wanna know what's up. Why isn't he wearing hats no more? He's just got the herd on in the front like that. I don't know. What's <laughs> that? I, I'm gonna ask him. I asked him to come on the podcast. I will ask him what's up with that haircut now. We got to get that fixed.
5: Yeah, um, I don't know. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I mean, all these guys. I, it's funny because I was watching the Driven uh, thing, right? Yeah. I don't look at that canass. He looks so young and he's got this short hair. And then I see him and in Portugal's got like this, you know, like the Breton style going all this long yeah. hair. I'm like, look <laughs> at all these guys. Like they're getting older. Uh, the one person I wanted to talk about was Coelho. Coelho. if uh, We uh, we was, Yeah, Coelho said it right um you can see i I have to give this guy a lot of credit because he doesn't race this class much and but you can see where you guys i think we noticed it on in qualifying he's super fast but he's point and shoot he wasn't able to to jump like you guys he wasn't able to attack the jumps and whip it like how you guys did in this track you kind of needed to do a lot of that like setting up for the next one and stuff like that he was very point and shoot he was still fast but he's very point and shoot. I, I mean, i I'm just saying, like for a guy that doesn't race this much, it's super impressive. But you can see where there's where you guys are making up time, just attacking the jump faces hard and able to scrub speed and all that type of stuff. That's where the off coming in. What do you think about that? No,
5: I think uh I think Drew I mean he drove really well. Um I know he went to this race, uh I don't know if it was the first year or last year or whatever it was, but uh, so he had some time on the track, um, but I mean, of course, it's impressive, you know, what, what he's able to do in all the different classes, and and um, I I get what you say with him being point and shoot. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say I would be kind of similar. Mm-hmm. And I'm also kind of point and shoot, more than you know, driving wide lines and punching. Um, but uh, I think I mean I was impressed by by the skills in the jump because on this. On this track, you definitely, like you say, you need, you needed to be able to scrub the speed and jump, you know, well to set up for the next corner and stuff. And, uh, I mean, he shows he has everything. So, and, and also the cars, the car, uh, look, I mean, in qualifying, it looked really good. Uh, he was there in every qualifier, I think, uh, fighting for the top spot. So, um, yeah. I don't really know what was happening. I mean, what happened to him in the, in the semi or in the, in the main, Um, But, uh, yeah, he was there all weekend and he's fast. I mean, you always have to to count him in and and he has a great support with Bayer was there as well and his father was there to beat him. So, um, I mean, when yeah he's he's always gonna be fast you, you you can can never count him out
0: yeah, and I think was it Ricardo Montero the Portuguese the other Portuguese guy well ya was obviously it's his track, but I've heard the, yeah. a lot of the Portuguese guys talk about uh Montero and whatnot um so I guess he's legit like legit fast
5: yeah montero i I'm sure I'm not really sure now, but i I would say he's done some aims at the euros and stuff, mm-hmm. probably. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, he's, he's fast. I mean, and, and from what I know, he lives pretty close and, and, uh, Joao was saying to everyone that like, he was the guy to beat. the really? I don't know if he practiced some for the race or whatever, but yeah, he was fast. Um, uh, but yeah, um, I, I don't know where he finished in the end.
0: I, I think it was just out of the top five. I think, um, yeah, Battier, Great. This has probably been his, one of his best races in a while. Um, Where did he finish? I forget. I don't even have the results. I should there. have. So he finished third, but he was, you know, he was good in qualifying and he, and I think the Mugen look really good out there. I think this track kind of suits the Mugen high bite, um, smooth. And he was able to, you know, if it's running 50,000, he's probably running under that, uh, and that one, well, but his car looked really great and it looked like Robert of Old. I mean, we're talking about him like he's some old washed up guy. He's only like 32, 33, same age as T-Bow and those guys. Maybe a little younger. He's just been around for so long. But definitely a great run for him. Uh one of your old nemesis, because you've been you've been racing Robert for a long time. What happened to Kanas on the on the on the finals day?
1: Yeah,
5: it's it was weird because uh, you know me and Kenneth were in the same uh, semi, mm-hmm. right? So we went out for the practice, and, and uh, we were—I mean, I sent the I sent the, the times and stuff from that practice to, to JQ as well, and and we were like on another level. Him and I, yeah. we were like doing thirty-three fives while the others, yeah, they didn't really get into the thirty-three second laps so i was really thinking it was going to be like between me and him i felt really good in the semi practice and uh, obviously he was he was the same speed and um, i mean Ongaro, for example i i think he had like a 34 3 in the semi practice so he was like seven eight tenths off mm-hmm. so i didn't really count him in but again you can you can never do that right um and then for the semi um i was starting third robert second and Canas first in, in our semi, and, and uh, they had mistakes early on, and I got in front. and Basically, I drove a clean race. I don't think I crashed in semi one time, and which allowed me to. I think I, in the end, I was like two, three seconds ahead of Ongaros' time from the second semi, so which put me on pole for the main. Um, but again, there, like you know, with that drive from the semi, I was you know, I beat Canas with 10 15 seconds in the semi. Um, and with him being so close with me in the semi-practice, I thought, you know, it would be a clear first, uh, I mean, a pole for the main. But then again, I saw the other one, and uh, Ongar was going fast, so apparently they they found something after the semi-practice. Maybe they tried some tires that didn't work. You never know what, what you do in semi-practice. So, um, but yeah, they, they were there um, in semi, and, uh, and it was three seconds back, so. Then I kind of knew, okay, so it's going to be between me and David basically, because kind didn't really show the same speed in the semi that he did in the semi practice. And that's what kind of happened. You know, me and David checked out in the main and mm-hmm. and it was a race between us. And I mean, they were pretty close, maybe 10 seconds back or so can and Robert. And I, I almost felt they, they were like staying the same or maybe even cause Robert was going one pit less than me and David. I know. So maybe that's why he felt like he came a little closer at one point, but, um, no, he was driving great and I don't really know what happened to Canada. If it was the tires or you know, getting off, I don't really know what he ended up running. I saw the six MIG drivers, they tried magma. Um, but he was like on the fugitive, I mean weapon is the name of their, Mm uh, that kind of style tires. And it was on that for, for the event. So I don't know if he went to a magma tire, or whatever he did, but, yeah, he definitely lost some speed when the, when the track and the temperature went down in the afternoon and the final, was about. <clears throat> uh,
0: this race, I like to call it a mini euros. I mean, it was missing a few people. <clears throat> how, how much, how, how important, all right. I, I know you did well, but this race meant a lot. Like bragging rights, first time you guys all getting together in a long time to race. Was there... Was there any like, like in your car and in the race, in the pits, was it like, Hey, this is, this is not just a regular race. This is something big like that we have to do. We haven't done this for a while. We want to win this. I mean, you don't want to win every race, but this one seemed to have a little bit more importance.
5: No, no, for sure. I mean, when when you have that amount of top drivers at the same race, you always feel that you always feel it's a, you know, it's a big, it's a important race that you want to do good at. And, um. I mean, the, the, the pit was kind of big and, and I mean, even though there wasn't a lot of entries, it, yeah. it looked like there were a lot of people there. And, um, yeah, I mean, I knew that it was going to be a you know strong competition there when I got there and, and it was going to be like the euros because basically this weekend was when the euros was first going to be held yeah. this year. And they, they canceled the euros, the IBC, which was meant to be in September, they moved it to this date because they knew that kind of everyone already checked mm-hmm. this weekend off for the calendar. So they knew that everyone was gonna be free now with the bureau not happening. So yeah, it felt uh, it honestly felt like yours. You were missing a couple of guys. Uh like Boots wasn't able to go, Kilch brothers wasn't there, and um, probably forgetting someone, but uh yeah, the I mean, the main guys. guys.
0: Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I nobody forgot you, you, Joseph. They just didn't <laughs> call you in. <laughs>
5: <laughs> yeah, um, no, but you really felt it was a big one, and, yeah. and of course I wanted to win. But uh, like I said, I didn't feel like I had everything hundred percent in the main, and uh, I put on a great drive and finished within ten seconds of, of Davide. And I think if you're not feeling perfect and you're that close and had a good, that good of a race uh, all main long, basically it's it's not a bad wrestle. You know, I, sometimes I finish second and you walk down the driver's stand and you feel disappointed. This time wow. I did not, so. I, I mean, I was pretty pleased with the result. I,
0: I can vouch for that because I talked to you afterwards, shortly afterwards, and I thought you'd be a little bit upset, but you was cool, and I said, like, "All right, well, it's a good. It was a good weekend. A first and two seconds. Yeah. You can't complain there."
5: I, I, I was more <laughs> upset in the A three of e buggy because it really felt like I had something there. I knew starting from fourth it would be tough, but I mean, having the first place from the first main and the second one in A two, it means I mean, it was even between me and Canas to win. I knew I had to win because his time was faster. I knew if I didn't win, I wouldn't be worse than second. So, I I mean, I was going for it in A3, and and you know, I think it was like lap two or three, maybe. Um, David, they crashed right in front. I had no chance to avoid it, and I ended up on the roof and, you know, game over from there. So that kind of frustrated me even more because I felt like I had the speed to 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 go for it and, and um yeah, it would have been fun, a fun race if it, it could have uh, ended, uh, lasted to the end, but it didn't. But Nitro was all, all good. It was a good race, and I was pleased with the second place.
0: All right. Josie, you got any more questions for the Viking?
2: No, just that. If they have the Euros there next year, I guess we have to go to the warm-up. <laughs> if you don't go to the warm-up, you screwed.
5: Yeah, so basically what I heard is, like if they have the Euros there, they were going to make the warm-up, this race, basically. So the warm-up will be the IBC.
0: Okay, that okay. makes sense.
5: Yeah. It's what I heard.
0: All right. Um, what's next for you? Uh, you're you're going to finish off your house. I know that. Um, but what racing? Ra- what do you think is going to happen for you racing-wise? Or are you going to travel again?
5: Uh, yeah, I think um, so next week I have a Swedish National at like my home track yeah, for ten Tenscale uh, on Astroturf. So it was good practice having raced on high grip last week with eight scale, uh, and then the week after that we had the second round of the Swedish Nationals, and then I had two weeks off. So in these two weeks, I'm basically I'm gonna try to finish as much uh, as much as I can here in the house uh, to be able to move in sometime in August, and um, after that, I, I mean, I guess the next big international race would be Buggerland. Uh, and that's gonna be first week of
2: October. So it's quite a while until that's then, in but,
0: spain correct
2: yeah in madrid all right yeah, that's what i hope to be able to go to actually yeah drive down to southern europe and spend some time over there and do the buggy land race
0: all right yeah. uh, well <clears throat> being as the Nats is going on right now and Cole's there <clears throat> and already had some drama i wanted to get i wanted to get your opinion on what happened to Cole at at the at the nationals uh real quick because uh, you we, we haven't said it, we talked about it, but um, it was unfortunate for him and Ty, to be honest. But rules are rules, and that's what happens, you know, it's not, he's not the first person to be DQ'd from like that. So, what's your thoughts on that?
5: Yeah, I mean, uh, like you said, it's unfortunate. Uh, he was really quick there in the semi and, and would have had a great chance, I think, uh, to win, honestly. Uh, he was looking great, and uh, he had the speed, and he was consistent and he felt confident and was happy about everything so yeah it's a pity that he didn't get the chance to show that in a main um, but uh, yeah I mean uh, <laughs> rules are rules yep. and if your tank is over you can't do much right so exactly uh, we, we know we know the HP tank is I mean it's on the limit uh, I always use like a limiter inside um, he said he did so then I guess it's just the temperature or whatever that's yeah. kind of got it even bigger. Um, but yeah, I mean, I don't know when he checked it before, if it was like the same day he checked it just to be, make sure it was fine or it was like early in the week or whenever. Like, you know, you're at the main day. And my dad always goes to the tech and check check everything. Um, so he do that like before the semi whatever, and, and we always make sure to be, you know... Uh, like well below the the line. Mm -hmm. Um, but you know, I've been DQ'd as well. I've I've been DQ'd in Spain at the Red Avant at the Spanish Nationals for having it too big of a tank. Mm -hmm. And I mean, not much I can do. Right. You know, right. They, they waited 10 minutes and they checked it again and it was still too big. So I packed up and I went back home. <laughs> it's uh, it just sucks when it happens. It does. It, just, it
3: does.
0: I
5: mean, it, it, and definitely at the big race like that, obviously he had a shot at the and mm-hmm. uh, to win something that, you know, it, it would be the biggest one by far for him. And, um, uh, yeah, it just sucks that we didn't get the chance, and and we couldn't have the great fight that I think it would have been in the in the main. Watching from home,
0: uh, he was definitely entertaining afterwards, though. It was funny to watch him. <laughs> I, he was pissed off, and I get it. Um, but you know what? This, you know what that done it, that it made people pay attention. And even though for me, what happened at that race with the fuel tank is the least of my concerns. It was a lot of the kind of incompetence that I saw there, and from raw, not from, not from, and if it wasn't for the actual, the owners of the track getting involved, I think it would have been a proper shit show. Um, And that's what I'm more vexed at. But what this, what this, what this situation does is shine a lot of light on raw and their, and their shortcomings and holding their feet to the fire to fix things and get things better. So that's the one positive thing about Cole and Ty getting DQ'd from this. If you can take anything out of that and people won't change. So, we're trying to fix RAW too, man. Fix RAW, we fix if more. Um, Viking, I know you got to get back to work. Uh, let's see that Neo shirt real quick before you go. Here we go. It's the same
5: edition, but uh, yeah, yeah. work.
0: Joseph, you got anything you want to ask the ask David before we uh, let him go back to construction work?
2: Yeah, when can I come and stay at your house and go practice? Mm. Yeah, when it's ready, you see Do
0: you have an extra bedroom for This
5: kitchen? Oh, that's nice. Yeah, I have one bedroom, hold on, wait, right there. Okay. And one is behind this.
2: But it's in a pretty nice place, right? Is it close to the sea or the lake or something? Yeah, it's just like
5: one minute to the the sea, and, and yeah, there's a bunch of, like, summer houses around this area. So I have a golf course, like... Uh, 500 meters away And paddle tennis court And the sea Just
2: within two minutes So, so you live Where people go On uh, summer holidays
0: Yeah Okay I, I know <laughs> yeah, all about that cool. I know all about that <laughs> life. Not only, Joseph He's like not, as he, not only does he want a room He also wants a room Next to the beach And, and the oh, river okay. And all this type of stuff <laughs> Jesus Joseph Like Hey so make sure That room that you're gonna give me Is next to a beach And all the amenities oh, That I can have Like <laughs>
5: Yeah. How far is the track? Asia. <laughs> uh, yeah. It's like forty forty five 45 minutes.
0: Okay. Hey, real quick before you go, what about your your arena? Are you having the 10 scale nationals there or at your, when you said home track? No,
5: no, no, I, I, no it's uh, my, my club okay. or my, not my club, but my own club, they're hosting it uh, outdoor uh, next weekend. Okay. Uh, How's your uh, own track going?
3: Uh, yeah. I mean, no, now it's really.
5: closed during, during summer it's, it's closed, okay. um, but it will, open. I mean, I have it closed from, I think we closed it like early, like end of April and we're probably going to open back up when the, I mean, when, as long as the summer is fine, we, we stay outside, but if the weather gets bad, we open it up by the way. So I can open it up, by, I guess probably end of September, early October
0: okay uh and one last question uh can we i know it's difficult to say and you don't know what's going on but i know the americans want to see you i know uh do you think we're going to see you in america this year anytime later on this year um
5: maybe i mean i don't i haven't really been updated on the restrictions and stuff at the moment and the travel restrictions but uh uh, if there is a race uh, in November, December, whatever, um, yeah, maybe I'll come over and, and do some racing.
0: We should all go to um to Fall Brawl and but it might rain, so. Well,
2: hopefully, hopefully there's the RCGP in November.
0: That too, in America, yeah,
2: the last yeah. one.
0: So that would be great. That would be Where awesome, would be? actually.
2: In El Paso, I mean, uh, it's. Scheduled for East Coast, but I told David, like, I think it should just be El Paso because that race was prepared in the spring Mm -hmm. and then canceled. So if there's going to be one race, why not just make it that? That would make the most sense since everything was already prepared once.
0: And everything's on the West Coast anyway, like for RCGP. So good stuff. All right, Viking. Well, thank you for your time. Um, I'll send you an invite to the Driven preview. When you have some time, you can watch it. Uh, thank you for being awesome. Thank you for coming on her. I know you're busy, and um, I won't pick you anymore. Don't take it personal, <laughs> but I want you to win. And um, ju- uh, thanks for coming. Just thanks for coming on, man. It's always good to have you on. We got the freaking Viking. Um, <laughs> I'm telling you, it's stuck. They're calling you Vikingo, Vikingo, and I was just there like. <laughs> See? Yeah. All right, man. Yeah. Take care right, and um, have a good you. one. You too. All right. All Bye. right. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.
2: All right, Joseph. Hey, so lefty, you need to come up with a good nickname for me then.
0: I have many nicknames for you. Rupert What's Pumper, the best one now? Rupert Pumper Nichols.
2: No, That's not, they're, they're never going to call me that. No, Beaker. We need something like Beaker. Nick Damon on uh, RC Racing TV is going to call me that. Though.
0: No, Beaker's actually sticking with you really good right now. People no, are calling you Beaker. Sucks. No, it's not. Beaker is, is there. Uh, Anything you want to add about this race before we go into, um, I'm going to have Zach. um, Now we're going to play Zach Donovan's interview that I recorded earlier this, this week. And then we're going to go, Joseph and I are going to come back for the SCRC thought of the week. And then that's it. I'm going to
2: come back. I have to go. I have a Mayako members meeting.
0: Yeah. Well, you have 10 minutes. We're going to, we're going to knock this out of the way real quick. Uh, Thank you to David. Thank you to techno RC for bringing us this podcast. (laughs) Uh, this part of the podcast. And now we're going to go into to the interview with Zach Donathan, brought to you by Lugs Racing, because they have over 55 years of combined RC experience. They have been testing tire treads, wheels, and rubber for performance. The, Lugs, the new Lugs Econ series of tires was developed with racing budgets in mind. High quality, but at lower cost means savings that can be passed on to you, the customer. Lugs racing also provides uh, pure performance made using lugs, custom molds and proprietary rubber compound tires are available available in medium soft, super soft and mega soft. Please visit them at LugsRacing.com to save 30%. Uh, actually, I don't have a promo code for this. I need to get a new promo code for it. But if you use NNRC lugs, you will save some money. I just don't know how much you'll save at the moment So go check out lugs racing. And, um, Thank you. Enjoy the talk I have with Zach Donathan. We get into a little bit of on-road racing and his leads because he was promoting his new website. And uh, we got a little giveaway in there and some promo codes for you guys. So check it out. And um, Joseph, I'll see you back here for the SCRC Thought of the Week, okay? Okay. All right. I think it was 2019, pre-COVID, I had this gentleman on the podcast. He's uh, probably got some of the best... Leads in RC, he's doing it full time. He's a racer, on-road racer, hardworking dude. He's just waking up on his second cup of coffee. What's up, Zach? How are you? Of Donathan, of Donathing. I always pronounce it wrong. Let's just just pronounce it right, so I mess it up.
4: Uh, right. So I'm Zach. Uh, I uh, work at Donathan RC, and we make custom charging products um, for your remote control car balance leads. Phone leads, power supply cables, sensor wires, uh, custom heat shrink, lipo bags, heated lipo bags.
0: Wow, you like guys that. got heated lipo bags? I didn't know that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, You're going to have to explain to me where someone would want a heated lipo bag for.
4: Okay, yeah, I mean, yeah. We, we can jump into that if you like.
0: Well, first I just want to introduce you a little bit. Um, you are a racer, you're onward racer. Uh, you've been doing mm-hmm. uh, now Donathan Leeds, Donathan RC for how long?
4: Um, about five years now. Okay. So we started out as like a resale company and then we, uh, pivoted to, um, a charge lead company, uh, charge lead manufacturer. Um, once we, once I kind of realized how much of a pain in the butt resale was like, there's, it's good profit out there, but it's a lot of work. Um, and you always got to be first to the customer and on the, the sale, Um, and you know, I was making charge leads the whole time and kind of just had enough base built up to just do charge leads
0: Yeah, uh, you're real popular. I see you on uh, on Joe Zaire's podcast Uh ran out of talent. I know he's been promoting you for a long time Uh, one of my buddies who comes on this podcast too Uh a lot has his own thing going uh rc kevin up in quebec so I definitely, I see lots of people running your leads. I have, I have to actually order some new iPhone ones because they lasted a while, but they broke. Uh, I told you, you know, we talked about that, um, but hopefully we've, but they broke through honest, honestly through my negligence, you know, just, you know, yeah, treat number off, fair. you know?
4: So we actually have a new, um, new and improved iPhone uh, lineup. Okay. And so they, all of our phone cables now come with a 12 month warranty. Sweet. That's all. So that's a long them, warranty. Yeah, if you break them in twelve months, uh, we'll replace we'll send you a
0: new one. Wow, I'm gonna have to order some new ones. My wife really liked them. She liked her pink one, and um, we got the customized no name RC podcast uh, on the heat shrink. They were nice. I'm gonna order two more. One for her. One we need. We need long ones. She needs. My wife goes through charge like charge cables like. I don't know what. I've never seen, but my whole family uses iPhone charge cables. So, you know, I'm going to order a few, but I, I appreciate that. Uh, you are a racer. You race on road. You just recently done the, um, the onward carpet nationals at Coastal RC in Virginia. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we got talking about that. How was that? Um,
4: from a racer's, like from a racing standpoint,
0: mm-hmm.
4: uh, it, was, it was tough. The um, the talent so the talent field in in stock in on road which is twenty one five is pretty pretty deep. <laughs> there's like twenty like almost twenty guys that could be the next world champion. Really? Um, yeah. There's and especially those top five spots are. And sometimes you guys have really good weekends that are normally in the A, like in the back of the A. And so they have a really, really good weekend. And, you know, next thing you know, they're Aurora champion. Um, but so I like racing modified touring car and yeah. stock. And you can't do that in a race. So I ran super stock and um, modified. So the same guys pretty much run those those two classes. And the top, there was like 12 mod drivers and the top six, I think are national champions or mm-hmm. like that uh, maybe that's not the right word, but they've I mean regional. You know, like yeah, Drew Ellis, Cap Anderson, right, right. You know, these guys that are just absolute killers. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you got those same guys running seventeen five, um and so it's you know, one mistake and that's it. You know, that's the difference between first and Well, not first, I'm not running first, but maybe like fifth or like (laughs) the last, you know, 10th or so. Um, But it was, it's really fun. Uh, The layout was really challenging. Mm -hmm. Uh, There was a lot of crashes from guys that don't normally crash. Um, And so that was interesting. Uh, Of course, Sam Isaacs put on a a hell of a show in my, he's always a good time to watch.
0: Where's he from? I've heard that name before.
4: Uh, I believe he's from Maryland. Hmm. And Sam popped on the on road scene probably about five years ago. Mm -hmm. And he is just a hell of a wheel and super nice guy. Um, He used to run for X-Ray and then Automatic's picked him up and kind of further developed his talent. Now he's probably the best touring car racer we have to offer right now. Really? I would say if he's not the best top 5. Man, in in the
0: US. Awesome Addict, Awesome, Addicts is pushing out some really great product and and like revolutionary stuff too, by the way. Mhm. Uh, did you race 12 scale at this race too or is it just for 10 scale carpet? No.
4: Uh, they had 12 scale class, I just 12 scale is expensive. Um it's as well, it's probably a little cheaper than like uh, eight scale off road Mm -hmm. at a high bike track, but every round's fresh tires and the tires are like 25 or 30 bucks a set. And you have to buy them at the track. There's no discounts. Um, and you know, then you got to buy practice tires and then you got to get really good batteries, uh, fresh batteries. You can't be having something that's a year old or whatever. Uh, you know, Motor's super important in 12 scale. So you got to have the right motor. So guys have three or four different motors. And it's, uh, there's a lot to 12 scale, um, like financially just to make, mm-hmm. if you want to be like really competitive in it. So, um, Don't, don't they have like a,
0: a spec class where they use, um, uh, oh, like vintage or do you have to wear, use scale bodies on them as well?
4: So that's the that's a newer class. It's called GT12. Okay, uh, and they use the uh, SJT tire, which is Scott Jakes um, from Destiny, uh, which is another on road brand. And that they use more of a instead of a wedge-shaped body, they use more of a like a scale type-looking mm-hmm. body, like more a Porsche type thing, um, and that's. Uh, that, that's a good class. Um, but there's not a lot of the, the hardcore 12 scale guys still run foam tire, white shaped mm-hmm. bodies. Um, and they don't really prefer the the rubber tire class.
0: Okay. So the, the spec, the GT 12 uses rubber tires then. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, because as I was telling you before, I've, I've, my interest in on road, uh, has peaked a little bit because I've had, uh, the doctor on her, Alexander Haberg, Hagberg Hagberg so he he talked about a lot and we've become like we kind of probably have a bromance going on because he likes star wars i like star wars and uh we talk quite often uh super nice guy he gets it uh super smart and he was telling me about the you know that actually 12 scale is starting to come back in certain areas because of the the that class in particular the spec class mm-hmm. so that's good to see uh Let's talk about real quick Coastal RC because I know the Shimmels, very nice people. Uh, I know Barry, mm-hmm. I know his, I know and um, the father, and I know the older son, which is Brennan. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, looks like a great facility. They have one badass mini Z track too. I know that.
4: Um, so yeah, the facility was really nice. It's uh, a really large facility. Mm-hmm. They have. Two like two full size tracks like eighty by really maybe eighty or fifty by uh ninety mm-hmm. uh, excuse me eighty or ninety by fifty uh, feet and then so an off road an on road track they have a crawler space uh, they're doing drag racing now behind the building they have a really nice paved lot back there mm-hmm. um, I didn't see the mini Z track. But there was the off-road track was also tore down so we could have pits,
3: mm-hmm.
4: uh, enough pits for all the racers there for the on road race. Um, the crawler, the crawling space looked really cool. It's uh, looks like scale mountains. Really? Uh, yeah, it's it's pretty awesome. I'm sure there's some pictures on their uh, Facebook page. Um, but Barry and uh, and then um, Jameson are really knockout guys, and then they have this. Uh, a nice little cafe there, um, food and, and some drinks and stuff. And it was really nice for hobby shop, uh, was, had all the stuff I needed. Actually, I bet a couple pieces on my car. Hey. That I didn't realize until I was going through them. Uh, it was the, the steering arms, which are aluminum. Um, and when you fling the car off the track, it doesn't, it doesn't like that uh <laughs> it, it, you know what's so, funny i had
0: a buddy who was racing in puerto rico this past weekend and he they had a big race there in puerto rico like outdoor like nitro as well as tensco electric as well he went up there he's from uh I don't, he's from the southeast so i was like hey you won in puerto ricos yeah but you wouldn't believe it the first first time i went out there for my qualifying my car wouldn't go and i was like why my car wouldn't go and then he was he did what I done once, which was driving somebody else's car, and his car smashed into a wall, and he had to put it all back together, and everybody helped him out. So yeah, you definitely don't want to be hitting walls or pipes with these onward cars. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, they. Def- I have to get up there and and check it out and really go have a visit of their facility. I've been meaning to. I mean, I was just and in, in, it was just a little bit far away from me from Charlotte. Uh, this last trip but hopefully next time I can go up there. But um <clears throat> really good people. I'm glad they got the, the nationals there. How is the uh how is the on-road I get cause you basically you don't do you do outdoor at all just all carpet?
4: Uh so I've been racing for this this winter with my twenty eighth year racing mm-hmm. and I've raced off-road I've raced every class except uh the newer ones like the rubber tire twelve scale. Right, right. Um so you know, it's... I I just enjoy on-road.
0: Um, no, I get that, but I mean, I'm talking about more on-road. I'm, I'm probably missaid, but on-road carpet versus outdoor carpet, like, versus outdoor racing. Do you do any outdoor on-road at all?
4: Oh, um, no. There's no... So, no. There's no okay. asphalt tracks around me. Uh, there was a local track... So I moved to Louisville, Kentucky, and there's not a lot of tracks around here because mm. there's not a big RC community. Okay, um, it's starting to grow back up, and there's two two tracks. Um, one's an oval track and the the carpet oval track, and that's kind of all they do. Mm-hmm. Um, really nice people, and then there's uh, an indoor clay oval and an indoor clay off road track. Okay. Um, but there's no the nose is auto track. To me is two and a half hours away.
0: Okay, so the majority of the on-road racing being done in the, in the USA is you would say carpet indoor carpet racing.
4: Yeah, I would okay. say like probably ninety percent of it.
0: All right, how is the state of on-road in 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 America?
4: Uh, it's okay. I think it's declining right now, but it seems to be like cyclical. So, um or if it's not declining, it might plateau. It's kind of, you know, when you go to these big races, you see the same guys plus Mm -hmm. a handful of locals. Um, I remember when I first started, you know, there was a bunch of different guys running um, and you could go to, you know, national events and have different, you might have like four or five guys um, in the same, you know, national event, the top guys always be in the top, but, Mm -hmm. You know those bottom five places are up for grabs, and now it's kind of you know the top ten. What you
0: if you read the kind of right, I get that. You know what's booming right now? It looks like is that GT class, man. The eight scale electric and and the, uh, the nitro GT class. I see like Bruno Coelho is big into that now, and X Ray is pushing that really hard. I know it's big in Latin America uh it's actually i think that actually is the only people that's still racing here to be honest in edr i have one back there that's right there Mm -hmm. i need to get it fixed um that is a very interesting class i think that's gonna be big for onward but i definitely can see why people want to do it in carpet and and is is it is there a lot of tracks on the northeast because the northeast seems to have a lot of seems to have a good concentration of onward racers
4: yeah, so there's like pockets. So right. there's um like in the Boston uh area there's quite a few tracks. Really? And like Florida, mm-hmm. Georgia, around in there there's um I know there's two or three uh road tracks. And California there's uh they do a lot of asphalt racing over right. there. Right, uh, but there are some carpet facilities. Um and then and in like minnesota iowa area Mm -hmm. and there's another big pocket and then in like indiana wisconsin ohio there's a lot of on races there too
0: yeah unfortunately i don't think we're going to get back to the glory days of 10 scale touring carb, and they just did it in parking lots and 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 it was really big like barry baker days not right now but uh you know anything can happen and i think uh We we just have to see. I think GT might go that way because you can kind of drive them on an unprepared surface to an extent, which will help people a lot, but it's expensive too. You know, the tires and stuff are expensive. They're like the price of eight scale uh, buggy tires, I believe. So good stuff. I mean, I see guys
4: running off-road and I can throw that argument right out the window (laughs) because every every off-road guy has an easy $1,000 worth of tires in their truck at all times and they're always buying new tires. I agree. And, they take this $300 stock car and then they have to have a thousand dollars worth of upgrades for it plus spares. So, I mean, the argument for, Oh, you're talking cost 10 scale. For, okay. Yeah. I mean, and eight scale is you don't have to have as many upgrades, but you still have to have as tires. many tires. Yeah. Um, so, and those things cost, mm-hmm. you know, just as much as a, as a touring car. So, yeah. I mean, it's just one of those things mm-hmm. where, you know guys somehow like doing that more and that's okay that's yeah. you know everyone's got their own thing but when somebody says it costs more to run on road versus off-road uh especially now in today's you know high bike racing service where tires don't last that long um for off-road then i you know i really disagree with that
0: I, I would have to argue with that though i do think gt racing the actual gt like the formula one with the firm tires and guys got like five motors you know the, like what? Uh, ballast? What's his name? Oh, you know what? Infinity and and all these guys run. the actual GT class. That is quite expensive. But anyway, is that the um, is that the tenth off road? No. Uh, no, this is on road. Here. This is the eight scale GT class, like the top of the line, the one oh, that Calari's that was, won yeah. like nine times. That can get expensive.
4: Yeah, but
0: it's not for everyone. Yeah, I agree. That's how... I agree. I think. Um, like, with touring car, you guys obviously use firm tires. How long does a set of firm tires last, you guys, for, like, a race? We use rubber tires. You use rubber tires. How long do they last? Mm-hmm.
4: Uh, so, for the the Nationals, I bought two sets per class. I bought a back-to-set and a race set. And that's it? Yeah. Um, and then I'm going to – I took those same tires, and I go club race with them. Um, and I'll get five or six club races out of, out of my race set, and then – Maybe two or three races out of my practice set because I put more laps on the practice. That's
0: set. no, that's good.
4: Like race days, yeah. Not just like right. So and they're thirty bucks a set or twenty five depending on what it is. But you get a, a big set of four bang for your buck. Yeah, so four. Oh, mm-hmm. that's nothing. That's cheap. Pre glued, spec. So there's like three major tires in the mm-hmm. auto scene. It's really it's nice. You can go anywhere with like two tires and have, you know.
0: That is good. Like one side of each
4: tire. Yeah. That's
0: good. We need more spec tire racing in off-road. It's probably one of the best things you can have. I know it hurts the tire companies, but it's great for the racer. They just don't realize Well, it.
4: you know, I think if the tire companies get on the spec tire, um, and then they, you know, one thing that we're, I think, didn't do well when implementing kind of the, or whoever decided to implement the spec tire thing, um, maybe we'll call the race directors out.
3: Mm-hmm.
4: Like having the ability for if there's six rounds and having a set available for each round, um, you know, a 30 or 25 bucks a set, then, you know, it's not really a spec tire. I mean, you don't have to bring as many tires mm-hmm. to to track with you, but you still have to have practice tires and, and guys are still one running, you know, wow. like 12 skill tires, for example. It's like one run. They should They're make some rules about that. It. Well... So if you say they have to be such size, then, you know, a smaller tire is always faster for 12 scale mm-hmm. on like high higher grip surfaces. So um, if you say the tire has to be so big when you start, well, then if you run it a bunch, it gets smaller
3: mm-hmm.
4: um, and then it becomes faster. And so I think limiting the number of tires versus yes. having, you know, maybe having three sets versus six for your six rounds or you know, mm-hmm. how many of the rounds you have, I
0: think that'd be more helpful. Yeah, we at RCGP, they did it uh, when I went in, in the USA run. You got, the first day you had to, you could, now you could, I believe you can buy a practice run of tires, but you had to, mm-hmm. the, the next day when seeding started or when qualifying started, mm-hmm. you had to be on a new set of tires, right? Now, the tires were like 40 bucks for a set. You could only buy one set per day if you wanted to. You didn't have to right and if you bumped you could and the only people like on the last day you were allowed to buy another set if you made the like if if you made the final you know you could have a fresh set good on the final i know guys that just use two pairs of tires the entire time they're out there but it's a placebo man we're men and we want to spend thousands of dollars on tires i think it's crazy but um Especially off-road, I definitely agree. There, the off-road version of that is is crazy. I was talking more about the eight-scale GT class, GP, GT GP GP. Yeah, that's the ones yeah, based no. off the off the buggy. Uh, the mm-hmm. they're they're like buggy-sized tires too, and they're a little expensive. But I'm hoping that they come down a little bit. But I think it's a great, great, great class, and it's booming in Latin America right now. So we shall see. All right, dude. Um. On-road, we need to fix that too. We need to get more people running on-road and doing that.
4: Well, I mean, at the current, because everything's so competitive and on-road and there's such big concentrations, like the guys that are left are really good right? type of thing. So it's a big learning curve. Mm -hmm. And then we're like off-road or oval, drag racing, stuff like that. You don't need a ton of setup knowledge. You need you know, a little bit. The cars drive pretty well, but at the end of the day, it's who makes a mistake that Mm -hmm. really loses it. And on-road, if your car doesn't work, you're not doing anything and you're not going to have fun because you're getting passed 16 times on the track. But a lot of that still goes down to driving and stuff like that. But Mm -hmm. it's harder to drive on-road at a track level than I would say off-road at at like a club level. Right, because the setup's Um, so
0: important if on-road.
4: Yeah. Yeah. And then you got to have... Tools to check it, mm-hmm. and the tools, you know, for the proper tools, you can get a camber gauge, but you need a setup station, especially if you're dealing with a car that has caster set independently from camber. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, you need that. You need right eighth gauge. Um, gotta have a flat board versus table. Yeah, yeah,
0: I see um, guys uh, using setup boards on, in off road and eight scale buggies, and I just think it's kind of like a waste. Because you can go out there, one jump, land wrong, and knock all that stuff. Yeah. Offer it's so different. We, setup is important, yes, but nowhere near to the exact point that it has to be with, on, with on-road. Uh, I mm-hmm. totally agree. Is there a, besides the 12-scale spec class, is there a spec class for new uh, newbies or anybody wishing to get into the touring car side of this? Yeah, so there's, um,
4: well, it's, yeah, so there's a class called US VTA, mm-hmm. which is a vintage trans am as like that 70s muscle car mm-hmm. look they use uh, a spec tire um that's the same throughout the whole country uh from protoform and the tires last quite a long time okay um, and you can be really i mean you can be really competitive in touring car with an older chassis but more so in, in um vta because you're going slower it's a 25.5 motor mm. Uh, weighs a little bit more, so you don't have to cut any weight out of the car. Not that most cars now are super light anyway, but, um, you know, you don't have to be super strategic about all that stuff, um, especially at that club level. And it's a really fun class, and you can get, like, an older, like, an X-ray or something like that, like a 15, 16. There's a million of them out there you can pick up for cheap, and there's a bunch of parts for them. And... Um, super durable car. It's a reasonable speed for new guys. Um, and a lot of classes or a lot of tracks are doing like this, like a breakout style class. Mm-hmm. So you can run pretty much any car you want. Uh, but if you get like, say the touring cars are running like eight second laps and they set the um, the breakout time at like 14 seconds or something like that. Mm-hmm. So it's a much slower pace and it doesn't matter if you want to go run eight seconds, class, eight second laps, you can, but you're going to be a lot slower because you're going to be breaking out every lap. Gotcha. So that's a, a new class. Some tracks are implementing that are really um, uh, friendly for newcomers.
0: Sweet. I, I hope it grows, man. Um, like I said, I've, I've had another vested interest in this after talking to, to Alex and I, I want all forms of RC to grow. So, you know, uh, if you're interested in on-road, Let's check it out. There is a spec class to get into it, and you can, you know, learn how to race right there and learn all your, you know, cut your teeth and learn everything you need to know before you go up and step up to the big boys. Race with Zach and these guys. All right. (laughs) (laughs) All right, Zach. So um, you have a new website for Donathan RC Products or RC Leads. It's called the, I'm going to pull it up here now. So we got the drcproshop.com. Now, I had a quick look through this. You've put a lot of work into this website.
3: Mm -hmm.
0: Let's go to your, actually, so let's go to a balance uh, charge lead, sir. Balance charge leads. Oh, hold on. Am I in there?
4: Yeah, so um, we did it a little bit differently. So if you click on all balance leads where you're at now, Mm -hmm. it'll pull up all your, uh, pretty much all the charge leads that we offer for, um, RC cars, and then you can select which one you need. Let's select one. Um, or you can go by category and choose like a 1S, 2S, 4S, et cetera. All right, let's let's
0: let's go to a 2S lead here. Can we? Okay, so where's the ones that we can you customize? You got to click on it. Okay.
4: Yeah. So you I click on the lead.
0: Uh, right, here we go. Yeah. So this is cool because you never had this before. So now you can come right in here and customize everything from the length Wire gauge, uh, lead type, balance connector, charger connector, charger side angle, connector angle. Oh, wow. Yeah, I never even thought of that. Um, Then your different types of battery connectors that you want. You can go, it has every, wow, you put a lot of work into this website, dude. A lot of work.
4: Yeah, a little bit.
0: (laughs) This is pretty, actually pretty cool. I was... I was looking for some leads the other day. I was looking to make some for my RC boat. So I needed something like with 10 gauge uh wire and one of these EC8 connectors that are really hard to find. EC8? Yeah, it's 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 okay. it's a really thick wire. It's for um it's for an RC boat. I got a build oxidine boat so you got like 3S just running through it at wide open. Select side connector angle. That's cool. Outside heat shrink, you have a few different colors, red, white, green, blue, yellow.
4: So, and then all these um, are numbered to coincide with the diagram at yep. the top.
0: Look at that. Wow. This took a lot of work. This makes things so much easier for people. And they can, this, what happens there is that people can see what they, what they're you know, what they're pretty much, not see, but they have an idea of what their leads are going to be like.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Oh, wow. That's a, that's a lot of work, dude. That's a lot of work, but it's good. It's good. It's good for you. So when did this go live?
4: Uh, maybe about a month ago we had a soft opening.
0: Okay. Yeah. Because that's when you did uh, contact me. Yeah. I was traveling. Cool. Yeah.
4: All that's right. Okay. Um, yeah, so – and then another feature, um, when Keenan pulled this up earlier, you'll notice in the bottom right-hand corner it has our current shipment date. Um, yeah, so then you'll see that pop up when you visit the site. Um, and and if uh, – that's the fir- if that's the first time you're visiting the site, otherwise it's just a tab at the uh, corner on all our products. Mm-hmm. And then you can uh, – so there's no – like well, when is this going to ship, or any of that? So we try to eliminate um, all the problems we had with the old website. Uh, so now you can, like Keenan was saying, you can pick the picture of the product you want, and then if you hover over those, it'll pop up a description. Yeah. Um, or if you click on them, it'll put the description in the uh, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. option. Um, and then we have a bunch of photos and diagrams in the uh, in the pictures for our products. And now the, uh, like the contact form actually works, uh, <laughs> and sends us, uh, information. If you need to contact us to have a question or you can always send us a message on Facebook, social media, email, call, text, um, you know, all that good stuff.
0: I'm just going through looking at the motor analyzer lead. Uh, any new things, uh, coming out or any new plans for anything? New? Um,
4: so, most recent thing that we launched was our LiPo bag and our LiPo safe. LiPo bag. Uh, so, the LiPo bag is a little larger. Okay, so, here's so the heated the,
0: one. This is what I wanted to talk mm-hmm. about. Okay. I've never seen heated. I've never heard of heated LiPo bags. I guess you would need this if you're, like, in in the snow or something like that. But, yeah, let's talk about that.
4: Um, so, the heated lipo uh, sleeve is um, uh, it's to replace high amp discharging. So, guys like to discharge at high amps.
3: Mm-hmm.
4: And discharging at high amps can be unsafe uh, for a number of reasons. Um, there's... Uh, a lot of literature i've done on this um and then you can view a bunch of videos online on our social media pages as well as to why it's unsafe if you guys haven't seen a lipo fire from high up discharging um you definitely uh are more fortunate i've seen quite a few uh and it gets nasty it sounds like there's a jet engine going off oh i know uh in your pit yeah so it's it's crazy. Um, and a lot of times, uh, guys that are high amp discharging don't use a lipo bag of some kind. Mm-hmm. And so there's just a battery on fire on your table that is just burning everything up, um, or your car or, you know, if you're charging your car or whatever. Um, So we developed the – this is the uh, version two of our our heated product. So before we had a heated lipo bag, which only had the one heating element in the bottom. Mm -hmm. Our heated lipo sleeve has four heating elements, and it's expandable. So you can fit up to three 1S batteries in there, two 2S batteries, or one 4S battery. Um, And essentially what heating a battery does, whether you're discharging high amps or using a a heated source like our heated lipo sleeve, is – you um, So first off, you get more punch out of the battery. And then secondly, uh, which I would argue is probably a little more important, is you get less fade. So you can uh, plot this on if you using like an iCharger or there's a few other different brands. Um, and then we actually have the graphs online as well, I believe under information um, about um, the discharge curve. So the, that's how you plot. So it's time over voltage and that gives you the discharge curve Uh, and the flatter um, or the, yeah. So the flatter of the curve to your voltage cutoff, like where you ended your, your race. Mm -hmm. So for our guys, it's like 3.85 volts per cell. So Mm -hmm. we go for to to 3.85 volts, eight, uh, 3.85 volts per cell um, on that graph. And then whichever one has the least, uh, fade so um, over that time or last longer during those time periods. Um, that really plays a big difference okay. in how, like, how much fade you have during your run.
0: Right. So the heating does what? To just helps with the discharge, or that's what I'm. I'm. I'm trying to figure out here. You probably have to dumb so, it down for me.
4: That's okay. So if you're um, using a heated bag, you're not going to be discharging. Um, it replaces the. It's supposed to replace the the high amp discharging. To so guys are high amp discharging to build heat into the batteries.
0: Oh. And this, okay. This
4: substitutes that. Gotcha. Um. Some. Some guys still like the high amp discharge mm-hmm. and then they'll keep it in our heat-like little sleeve just to keep it warm at the end. That way you can still control the temperature right. and when to pull it off. So if you're high amp discharging, you have to build out this like 30-minute time slot to get it perfect, plus the time it needs to cool down to the right temperature before you can get it on track. So it's kind of a really big timing piece. Um, and with this, what we do is like the 320 rule. So, uh, an hour before I go out, uh, and run my car, I'll put it, uh, the lipo bag will be, lipo sleeve will be on, and I'll just put it in there for 20 minutes before I charge. Um, and then I charge at 20 amps and then 20 minutes before I go run I take it out. So it's in there for about 45, 50 minutes. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I, I take it out of there and then put it, uh, you know, go on the track at the appropriate temperature. Um, interesting. So, yeah. And there's, you know, uh, the the rules need to be updated and, uh, heating a battery, especially one with, uh, like ours that have a, uh, built in safety feature Mm -hmm. so that the heating elements don't reach 400 degrees. Um, like some of the other bags out there that I'm not naming names, but just be careful if you're not using ours, um, (laughs) that I've seen some stuff, man. Um, so just check on your stuff. Yeah. And, uh, I've had two lipo fires, know.
0: dude. They're, they're both with four asses, and not me personally, but I was there and saved the pits. Lipo bags, like in England, you can't even, uh, if you're caught at a race, charging your battery in your car, you're kicked out of the race. Mm-hmm. So well, it's
4: expensive. Yeah. You're destroying the tracks property.
0: You're destroying your property. Yeah. Um, you know, you could burn down the whole building, really. Yeah, that's why, that's more why they're doing it because these are like school halls and gymnasiums and stuff like that. And they can, you know, this yeah. would like I've I've had a in Southern Nats we had Joseph was charging my starter box and blew up my 4S battery in there, and the amount of fire and sm- the the just the man made mineral fibers that you inhale from that that toxic exhaust like the toxic smoke that these things produce, and inside at that it stunk for mm-hmm. for the whole day like you know what I mean and luckily the the, the other one was outside so uh yeah that, that, it's no joke man it's no joke I'm just looking through the website here uh your know, your charge cables for phones Yeah, Yo, you got a lot of cables man you got a lot yeah, of stuff
4: so, so the cool thing is if you're using like the San Juan m seventeen radio with our um Particular magnetic lead, but all of our phone leads work with it. So Mm -hmm. that's the micro USB connector. Really. So what guys are doing is they're leaving. So the magnetic leads actually have the like the part you plug into your phone separate or radio separate from your uh, charge leads. So Mm -hmm. guys are leaving that in there, and then they just close the flap, and then when they come back to the pit, they open the flap, and then the cord's magnetic, so you just set it by it, and then it charges it like that while you're. That's so cool. Like, yeah. you just have
0: to connect it, your radio, and it's always uh-huh. charged. Yeah. Oh, so much easier. So much easier than yeah. like anything else. Oh, yeah. Wow. It's pretty
4: nice. That's And then you nice. can get different different ends with it and you use the same cord for your phone, your Bluetooth speaker, like, you got a gaming console, charge that up, um, your earbuds. You know, there's everything that uses that kind of stuff. We have uh, cables for them. You know they're fully customized it's your choice of sheathing uh heat shrink we got different lengths um and again all of our phone needs come with a 12 month no BS warranty so good stuff and then, you know they're really great for christmas presents around christmas time we get a big uh, bunch of orders for them uh for gifts for the family um and it's you know it's good to see that uh people are choosing us for their family it's nice
0: yeah I like that I like that Some fast charging leads Round style leads mm-hmm. And you got cables for everything Alright man um, You know what You also have a coupon code For anybody that's listening to this podcast Or watching it on YouTube You can go to www.drcproshop.com Use the pr- 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 coupon code No name and all In lowercase And you save 20% off Orders $50 or more So go in there and Stock up and put, get some leads man Customize them I, I must admit, I did like my pimped out uh, custom leads. I'm going to have to order some more, for sure, for sure. Um, yeah. anything, anything else coming up for the future here for, for you, uh, Zach, uh, for, for your team, guys? What can we expect for the rest of 2021 from you guys?
4: Uh, so we just launched our uh 2022 charge leads which is a little early normally we don't do it this early but we were able to get everything in and finalized so um the new balance leads are super flexible which is all of our our charge leads now mm-hmm. are the the newest version um they're so they're more flexible our old leads uh they're capable of higher amperages uh, because we've made about of better wire Mm -hmm. Um, and then you know they have uh better connectors as well uh the fit um, of them and then over time the durability of them is better uh then the leads itself are more durable um offering you know better valuable value for the customer at the uh the same prices we were before for the same starting prices we were before
0: yeah man you are definitely taking this by storm uh this looks great. I like this. I like this. The whole website's very nice. Um, good job, man. You do this. This is this is amazing. And this as as electric becomes more and more and more, more popular, these good charge leads and having proper equipment like this is going to be beneficial for guys. Go on other days of just kind of doing your own thing and just making it work. You need proper stuff now.
4: Yeah, well, especially with the LiPo batteries and, you know, where uh, tracks are... Uh, checking voltage to make sure you're not over. Um, And, you know, being over is no good, but being under is no good either. Mm -hmm. Um, And one of the gentlemen, uh, the last, the 12 scale worlds got disqualified for having uh, a battery that was over voltage. Right. Um, And he wasn't using a balance charge lead for his one S battery. So, the uh, gentleman who uses my leads uh, was also there, and he had the same voltage every time we went up to tech, and I think you'll find that uh, to be the case for all classes using, using our leads. Um, and, you know, it's really important. That way not only you get a consistent uh, charge, but sometimes, you know, especially at the higher level, you need to make sure you're not missing out on any opportunities by leaving voltage Mm -hmm. by not charging your
0: battery all the way up -hmm. that makes sense it's like the whole fuel tank thing at the recent raw nationals it's Uh it's better to be under but if you're under you lose you lose a little bit of fuel mileage but it's safe so interesting stuff interesting stuff I i never even thought about the voltages being for that would have to be for stock right or did they do they test voltage for mod too uh
4: i believe they test it for both stock and mod um in mod, a lot of guys undercharge their batteries because especially in like my touring car, cause it's bananas, man. Like I can't really, I can't really hang on to that thing. It's, it's super fun, but it's, I mean, you're driving with a quarter throttle wow. until you get down to the straight and then it's a roll onto it. You can't just, you know, on there's carpet. not just that Yeah, on carpet. Yeah. It's, it's fine, but you're driving with a little bit of throttle. You're not, you
0: know... Getting right, after I get it. that. I get that. Cool, cool. Well, you know what, Zach? We only planned this to be 30 minutes, but we got talking about onward, and I'm, I'm cool with that. Um, <clears throat> remember, guys, uh, check him out. He has been doing this for a long time. I'm going to order me some... I need to get a charge lead, some new charge leads for my my stuffer, for my boat and all that stuff, and um, my crawlers, and... So I'm going to visit your shop. You can go to drcproshop.com, use the coupon code NoName to save 20% off all orders over $50. Zach, thank you for coming on. Thank you for talking a little bit of on-road with us. Keep making these awesome products. Keep racing, and uh, hopefully we see things change in, on the on-road scene in America for everybody. Because you know, the more people racing, the better it is for everybody. And uh, keep making these awesome products. And remember, guys, support small RC businesses because without them, we wouldn't be doing RC stuff. And this guy's providing some great leads. Every person that I've that I know that on the team, like Joe and Kevin, they like your stuff. Obviously, I don't race enough, mm-hmm. so I can't really, you know, say much about them. Okay. But uh, I definitely enjoyed my my phone leads, and I'm gonna order some more. Uh, check them out, guys. Hit them up. Get some Donathan RC uh, racing leads in your life, and get some phone charging leads. Get them customized. Get what you want in their different colors. I mean, these are quality. This is quality stuff. Quality stuff. Yeah. So, um, before
4: you uh, you check out, hit up our information and frequently asked section. Um, it has a breakdown of how to choose the perfect charge lead, um, and then you can also view our warranty information, which we have for our balance charge leads and stuff like that as well.
0: Here we go. All of that right there. All the questions. Yeah. So. Sweet. Well, Zach, informational section. that's the information section. Inf- information and frequent. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, yeah. Here we go. Warranties. Heated lipo sleeve. I've, that heated lipo sleeve. I learned something today. I never knew that. Interesting stuff. Interesting stuff. All right, Zach, let me let you go have cup of coffee. Cup of coffee. Number three. <laughs> Uh, I'm gonna let you go Thank you for your time Remember guys www.drcproshop.com Coupon code No name in, in small letters And you save 20% off all orders Of $50 Thank you Zach for giving us that coupon code uh, Show him some love Remember showing the sponsors well You know showing people that come on And and, do, and promote on our podcast Show us the podcast some love And Zach uh, Hopefully you can get me when I, We'll meet Monday And then I can smash your car into a wall
3: because <laughs> it'd be too
0: much for me obviously and then i'll be like all right take this thing from me it's too fast uh but uh keep up the good work man and thank you for your time yeah thank you Keenan. i really appreciate it all right cool talk to you later bye-bye raceway the home
4: of World famous motocross-inspired eight-scale off-road track. The Showers family has over 20 years' experience creating one of the premier tracks in the
0: USA. Their world-class facility has everything. Handicap accessibility, covered in starts, space for parking RVs, trailers, and lights
4: for night racing. Follow STRC on Facebook under Sun City
2: RC Raceway for updates upcoming races or host your, your own race. race.
0: Yes, thank you to Sun City RC Raceway Joey Showers was in the live with us last night He said, what's up, Joseph? He misses you Uh, I know you miss him Uh, Shout out to the Showers family Yes, you do You miss Joey so much Yes, you do You and Joey love each other Uh, Thank you to the Showers family Joey, Christian, Corbin for all the support We greatly appreciate it Uh, I hope to get out to SCRC If things go well, we might be there in November It sounds like so good stuff, uh, Joseph. This week on the Dawn and Quiet segment, we're gonna talk about something uh, raw related. I'm trying to do something raw related every month here. Uh, I, right now, I'm getting, I, I'm getting, I have some sources. They're sending me information. This is all information that's public information, but I never even looked at it. Uh, stop doing what you are doing and just pay attention for a sec. What the heck is that noise? I'm gonna mute you. What weird. noise? I don't know. Whatever that noise is in the background. Um so I my my Dawn and Quiet topic this week is why more tracks, why we aren't seeing tracks different tracks holding raw nationals. If you look at it, uh like Thornhill held it in 2016, then they had it again in 2019, State Line had it in 2017. This is the second time for LCRC to have it. You know, it's like I get it. We're saying, well, how come these tracks ain't getting the, or aren't getting the bids for for these races, and my question is: after looking at how much work and time these track owners have to put in and all the risk, why would you want to hold a raw race? So I, I I put I went to my source, pointed me to this document, which is called. You can find it. It's on Raw Racing Raw Nationals Guidelines. It's the Raw Nationals National Guidelines for Race Management and Team Events. It's on the um, actual raw website along with their financials early after 2016 which is shady at 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 best just i'm going to mute you for a second because your mic's really hot um so basically if you go to section three of this document i'm going to add it to the screen if anybody wants to see it so financial considerations joseph come in when you can her so you wanted to know how much a track makes off of a raw event Okay, so let's look at that. All entry fees and entry forms are collected by RAW, number one. The article 3.3.1, the host will receive $1,500 as a guaranteed fee from RAW for hosting the event, $500 90 days prior to the event, and $1,000 10 days, not within 10 days of the event finishing, right? That's not a lot of money. The host will receive an additional $1,000 within 10 days of the event completion if entries exceed one twenty five. Then even down here, you see the host will receive an additional $30 for each entry exceeding a paid entry of $190, 190 within the next within 10 days of closing. The host is required to provide all entrants with the event after sale for to be given away, like um, brace memento, a, a towel, uh, a shirt, or anything like that. Sing, raw, all this type of stuff. Uh the host track can retain funds from sponsorship, table rental fees, any working area, concessions. T-shirt sales and profit from control product requirements, which would be spec tires or whatnot like that. So to say all of that, my point is I kind of calculated, I don't know how accurate I am with this. I could be off, but if you go off by the end, probably not
2: very accurate. No,
0: probably not. I mean, I can't, I can't say how much LCRC made off this race. Um, but, but, if, if my calculations are right, they made about $7,500 from Raw for this race. By the time they got, you know, that, that extra thousand, they got 1,500 and they got $1,000 after that. Then they got $30 after every entry after 109, I think it was 356 entries. So basically they made $7,500, but they also made money off the, the sponsorships and all that stuff which but basically the track has to do all the work if you was at lcrc and saw the amount of people they had working there full time it was crazy i'm guarantee you that guy had to pay he spent more than 75 hundred dollars to get this track up and going even though it's a great facility i know he made money on on other things but for me as a track earner if you if you said this to me If you really look at it, the track has all the risk. The track has to do all the work. They have to go out and get the sponsorship funds, which I understand. Like, I I just, table rentals, all that stuff. I get it, we should do that. They should do that too. Any working area, pit space, all that stuff, concessions, or they have to do a shit ton of work. That's why they have that practice session to make that extra little money so they can cover themselves. And that's why I'm not against it. Now, I calculated this, Raw made about $30,000 off this race, roughly. I heard rumors that each, I don't know how true this is. I'm hearing like rumors that each guy gets like $5,000 to go to this race and all this type of stuff. Don't quote me on that. I just, that's rumors. I don't know if that's true, but this is why we're not seeing, this is why we're not seeing as a track. I would not hold this. I I don't think I would hold the Raw Nationals because you just have to really. It's like they come in there. They have no. They lose. They have no risk whatsoever at this. They come in there. They collect three hundred and also they remember the raw fees that they have to collect because not everybody pays their raw membership right at the at the at the beginning. But it's just insane. Joseph, are you there? Are you listening to these numbers? He's muted me.
2: Yeah, we've had the same problem in Europe with the euros where they haven't been hosts. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we in the last. Decade, let's say. Well, let's let's think about this. What is it? Let's Let's say last 15 years, we've been to to Germany to the same track twice. Mm -hmm. We've been to France to the same track twice. Uh, We've been for not the euro A's, but for like many, multiple euros, like electric euros, nitro euros, 40 plus euros, 10 scale euros, all these different euros. Mm -hmm. We've been to fairing in Austria. So it's been a problem to find organizers, but there are many great tracks Mm -hmm. and many great events. They just don't want to organize the euros because of the requirements and the financial aspects of it.
0: Yeah. I mean, all the risk is on the track. Like really at the end of the day, that's why when people were complaining about, like we complain about like, they're not the unofficial practice and it's not fair, but it's a way for that track to make some extra, like I watch these people bust their asses i watch these people save so save raw's ass at this race you know what i mean and yeah i just i when i saw these numbers i was like what the hell like i wouldn't like and then i think about like i i I know how much roughly rcgp paid for thunder alley like you know what i mean but think about think about sns hobbies they only got 41 entries they don't they only got 1500 dollars that's not even enough to do a track change nowadays. A, a track change costs fifteen hundred dollars. You know? So yeah. man, that's nothing. That's peanuts. And and Roger sits there and collects all this money. And this is and, and guess what? This Nash this off-road race and then the 10-scale nets that are coming up next month. These are the two races that carry RAW the entire time, because these are the two biggest races. They're bigger than like I went and looked back at, at some of the prior RAW races like that you had. So let's let's have a quick, uh, just so people know, view races from other other events, so people don't think I'm um, I'm just talking out of my ass here. Uh, maybe that's not going to work. Wrong one. So let's see the the offwards the off-rads fuel nets had 190. Oh, hold on, 197 drivers. Why is this not? All right. So the latest one, 359 entries, 197 entries. Uh, that was this past. To last month, the 2021 Electric Onward Carpet Championships—they actually had a good number of entries. They had 196, 114 people. That's the only Onward race that I'm that I'm seeing her this year that's one over 100 people. Like the Onward Nationals, and then like these these Onward races aren't getting the numbers of Offward. That's not Offward's fault, but you can see where it's definitely carrying this. Look at uh, the 10 scale 2019 Electric Offroad Worlds. I'm mean Nationals. 298 entries, 134 drivers. These these people, this, these two offer paying the way for everything else, man. And I just I just as a race, as a track earner, I, I don't think I can agree to these terms. Obviously, the tracks that continue to hold these races have figured out a way to they know how to make some money off this. Because you wouldn't, and but it's prestigious. Like we need to have the raw nationals. But man, it is when you see the numbers on paper, like how much they get paid and how much risk the track has to take, it's incredible. It's incredible. But uh, like I said, let us know what you guys think. Uh, would you, if you was a track earner, would you agree to those rules? If you guys want to check them out, go, like I said, go to rawracing.com, go to their downloads and look up Raw Nationals guidelines. Also something I found out on their website, Joseph, they haven't, done, they haven't posted any financial records in 2016 here.
2: Yeah, I've seen
0: that. Yeah, and that's another big question because that's apparently when uh, Rick Howard's dad left, and this other guy took over Ingersoll. I think his name Not is. Oh, really? Yeah, and there's been no financials, so we had 2017, 2018, 2019. Obviously, we can't count 2020, but you're, you're missing three years of financials there. It's a lot of stuff going on here, man. We, we as I'm digging deeper and reading the guidelines and the rules of RAW. And like how the committee works and all that stuff it needs a it it's it needs an overhaul more than anything and i'm now i'm starting to think that it needs a complete overhaul completely like everybody everybody i don't know how that, that's just going to be done but i don't know dude i don't know let us know what you guys think go check it out for yourself look at the requirements needed look at what they require from people to have this race which is understandable And, uh, would you do this as a racer? I mean, as a, as a track owner, all the earnest is on you to get all the money, get everything done, get all that type of stuff. And Raw just comes in there and runs, runs the race incorrectly, I might add. And, uh, just, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I wouldn't do it. I don't want to do it. As I dig deeper, I'm finding out more inconsistencies and more, more stuff that just makes me shake my head, shake my head. All right, Josie. I think that's it for us today. Uh it's six it's six oh five AM on a Friday. Here for me. I've been up for a long time. You got a meeting to go to. Thank you for your time, Joseph. It was good catching up with you. What's next for you, real quick? Right next, now,
2: Mayako members meeting.
0: Myako members meeting. I'm not invited to that. That's fine. No. Uh <laughs> he said that so quick. Um Thank you for your time Joseph uh, dude, Remember his course is coming out soon He hasn't stopped making videos He's out there geeking out on that Mayaka is coming out soon um, Next big race coming up here Like I said we got the Nats this week Barnstormers we got a weekend, weekend coming up next week Next early next August We got my birthday coming up here soon Joseph so yeah August, uh, The 29th of July It's actually a Thursday so I might do a live While I'm doing it and enjoy that Okay, and um, how old
2: are
0: you? Fifty-five. Forty-three, dude. Forty-three. Yeah, don't worry, you'll be forty soon. Um, Joseph, enjoy. Um, yeah, when is that? Two thousand
2: twenty-three.
0: Yeah, two years yeah. from now, dude. Cool, dude. You still ain't beating Drake though.
2: Oh yeah, I will. Next time we race, I beat
0: him. I have zero confidence of that happening.
2: Yeah, hundred percent confidence.
0: You know, it's all good to have hundred percent confidence doesn't mean okay <laughs> he's like okay you watch you see i'll show you all right um, yeah, have
2: to go. all right well There's thank
0: you joseph for your time uh, i'll let you go Bye. now um thank you to everybody for tuning in we greatly appreciate it thank you to uh David runoff for coming on and joining us this week on the podcast it's really awesome thank you to everybody for the questions also to Zach Donovan don't forget uh to check out him and use the promo code uh no name I believe it is in all caps to save some money off your order I think that offers good to uh first week of August so you might want to do that now um <clears throat> uh, you save 20 percent off your any orders over fifty dollars get yourself some 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 badass leads. I know I'm gonna get me some here soon. Um, thank you to all the NNRC squad around the world, man. Love you guys, can't do this without you guys. All these nice lights, this equipment, all this stuff. We do this for you guys. We bring up content. I'm, in, I'm feeling good. I want to get back to races. I really want to go to a weekend weekend, but I don't think it's going to happen. But I would like to do the 10 scale nationals because I've never been to a 10 scale nationals, and I like to do maybe, maybe Southern Nets if I'm going to be in America. So I don't know. Did you guys like what we did at the nationals? Her last, a couple of weeks ago, I mean, last month. If you did, let us know and show us some support. Show us some more support. Maybe join the Patreon. Help us out. Help us go to these races if you want. Maybe we got some sponsors for this. Uh, if you are interested in sending us to, helping us go to the 10-scale Nationals and and, and Southern Nats Her next month, uh, that hit me up. I'm always looking for help to get to these races. We did this pretty much all out of pocket, going to the Nationals Her um, I was trying to get a budget to stay for the ENATS, which would have, been, even though it's a low light turnout, still would have been good to be there. But it, I couldn't, <clears throat> and yeah, it just is what it is. You know, independent media going to RC, it's hard. But uh, we had a good time, and I want to do it again. Digging deep into those raw files, it's all public knowledge right there. And um, remember, you know, this podcast is brought to you by some awesome sponsors, and they are Myako, Beach RC, TNR Fuels, High Tech RC. Sun City RC Raceway, Techno RC, Lugs Racing Tires, manscape.com Papa Willis Tracks and Tonic, Racecraft USA, House of RC, RCGP, JQ Racing. Shout out to all my JQ Racing family. It's been four years now I've been doing this. And um, shout out to Wally Builds and, uh, yeah, JQ Threads. If you guys can, show these sponsors some love. There's affiliate links. There's promo codes. There's everything you need in the written description. Just click on them. Show them some love. Helps us out. If you guys are racing this weekend, have fun. Good luck to everybody attending the E-Nets. And it's summertime. Racing's hot and heavy. Be safe. Have fun. Send it without responsibility. And uh, remember, nitrous to glory. E-Buggy pays the bills if you ain't grinding your slide. And uh, Lefty, JQ's out. It was good talking to JQ again. You guys all have a great, great weekend of racing. And we will talk to you next week. And thank you for all the support. Love all you guys. One love. Lefty out.